Hello, everybody, and welcome to It Was Tuesday with your host, James Chen. This week is a, it's a busy week for fighting games. Obviously, we've had Frosty Fausting's results, TWT results, Capcom Cup starting this weekend, starting literally this Sunday with the LCQ event. So a lot of stuff going on, but uh, one of the biggest things that's been going on, obviously, is the recent Tekken 8 information that has come out during the Tekken World Tour. I was expecting maybe just a little bit of like oh look here's a trailer with cool stuff but no instead they actually gave an entire 35 minute video demonstrating a bunch of the new mechanics and such and everybody in my chat has been letting me know that the word aggressive <laughs> is going to be uh, a key word here for this video here so I haven't actually seen it so this is actually going to be my first time seeing this video. Now, normally what we do with a lot of these things when it's my first time, I watch it one time through and then we go back through it. Obviously, since this is 35 minutes long, that's not going to be happening at all. So we're just going to go through it. And even though it's the first time through, I'm just going to be pausing it, rewinding it as I see fit to analyze things as we go through. This might <laughs> take a <laughs> aggressive, aggressive aggressive okay all right all right aggressive i guess we have the theme here but uh without further ado let's go ahead and get started because i know you people out there want to see all the information if you haven't seen it either this is all going to be new for you guys as well uh but again let's take a look at this video and i will do my best obviously not being a tekken expert but just kind of reacting with what i know and having a little bit of analysis myself based off of what I do know so uh, let's just go ahead and switch views over here there we go let's do this and uh, I'll have the volume up pretty high here and like I said I'll try not to talk over the video unless I pause so let's go and watch this video this is a uh, crazy <laughs> everyone hates Akuma yeah <laughs> oh interesting Gundam Judy Kai interesting okay everyone no. hates Akuma so we made everybody Akuma I mean before we even get started here, one of the first things I will mention is based off of what I have seen little bits here and there, it sounds like that this Tekken might be the one that has shaken up the game the most. I'm, I'm down with that. Let's see what happens. Yeah, again, love the logo. Just love the concept of... Uh, the chain being the eight, I think that's really, really cool. <laughs> Whoa, did they swap sides for the intro? Really? I don't think I noticed that. Oh, let's see. oh yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and here we go, Harada san. Of course, we all know who Harada san is. Let's take a look. はい、え、皆さん、こんにちは。え、鉄拳プロジェクトリーダーを務めてます。エクセキュティブディレクターカツヒロ。ポップである。はい、ありがとうございます。はい、今日はこの 2人でお届けします。というわけで、えっと、早
Wow, they're just starting right away. Gonna start off by explaining the new gameplay mechanics using the actual Tekken 8 build for the first time today, along with plenty of video footages. Again, if you guys are listening to this on uh, SoundCloud or uh, on um, Spotify, sorry. <laughs> this is gonna be a mostly video watching uh, stream here. So uh, if you guys wanna just listen anyway, uh, I'll try to ex read a lot of the stuff that's going on, but otherwise, uh, yeah, this is gonna be a pretty visual visual episode so they're gonna go over the gameplay mechanics right away and since most of this dialogue is gonna be in Japanese I'll lower the volume a little bit so I can talk over Harada just a little bit here but I definitely want to leave it so that you guys can still hear him and everything like that this is the first time you've attempted something like this isn't it and uh, he says yes and uh yeah let's they're basically saying that hopefully we can they can show some more of the features that will be available in Tekken 8 so they're gonna get started now here we go yeah Gundam Jehudikai we will talk about that in a little bit the the fact that uh Arika or Arika is helping out with the uh with the game here so <laughs> Already on the screen, in quotes, aggressive. Okay, about battle concept, I'm sure many of you heard the word aggressive, but I would like to reiterate it again. Says Harada-san. Aggressive. Of course, the game system itself in overall is aligned with this theme, but we also use the word aggressive as a key word. For all the detailed elements in the game, such as the visual and VFX. Now, one of the things that I will say is that Tekken has always been one of the more, like, uh, in history, uh, it was one of the more lackluster visual presentation games. Like, even though the graphics looked really good and everything like that, it was all the bells and whistles that I felt were kind of missing from the game. Even the KO3 angled replay thing didn't really give that nice, proper, cathartic release. Tekken 7, and, you know, during the course of it, Tekken 6 started with it a little bit more uh, making things a little bit more flashy but by the time they hit Tekken 7 they really kind of understood and Har Harada has even mentioned that it was a focus of theirs to make sure the presentation was better and Tekken 7 really brought a lot of the excitement with the slow-mos and the trades going into black and white and the zoom-ins on the counter hits and stuff like that so they did a lot of really really cool things in Tekken 7 that really brought out the presentation and so the fact that Harada here is mentioning aggressive for the visuals and the VFX I think is actually a really important concept here it's also has a lot of connection with the mentioned game system which will be explained to you today for the first time so please keep this keyword in mind please remember this keyword aggressive and so here on the screen it says vision and it says provide both players and audiences the most exhilarating experience yet within the series through a new battle system and evolved visual expression so again it sounds like they're trying to do something very different here and he says so about the concept details this is battle concept right here i want both players and audiences to experience their greatest exhilaration uh, what did he say? Their greatest exhilaration. <laughs> I missed that. Uh, let's see here. Talk about the vision. Oh, within the series, okay. Through different elements such as the battle system, uh, evolved visual expression, the camera work and direction and effects I mentioned earlier. 
And then there is the direction of the battle we are aiming for. This will be explained by the director. So they say direction of the battle. And on the slide, make the battles more enjoyable for a player in each attack. Make it easier for people to understand exciting battle moments and momentum shifts. This is important. Because as I've mentioned before, I gave a talk one time even at a game development uh, school uh, about how with the concept of esports being visually and uh, clear to audiences, not just players, but to audiences is really, really important. So that's a very, very, very crucial thing for them to be focusing on. It says enhance the character specialty and characteristics. And so uh, he says that these are the three main points that we are aiming for in the battle. This is the direction of the battle. First, we want to make the battles more enjoyable for a player on the offensive side. Secondly, we want to make it easier for people to understand the exciting climatic points of the battles. I mean, they talked about the offense. I'm wondering if they're going to say anything about the defense because Tekken, one of the hardest things about that game really is the defensive side of Tekken. So I'm really curious to see what, if they're going to say anything about defense. And lastly, is to create a battle system that enhances the individuality and characteristics of the characters and allows players to fight more aggressively. Next slide here is feature. They're going to be talking about rage system, recoverable gauge, heat system, and controller style. He says, after this, I would like to start by introducing the details of the battle system in which, for this time, we'll focus on the four following components. And he lists the four that are on the slide over here. Uh, I don't think Tekken 8 will be so strongly momentum-based for the combos like FEXL is. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you know, uh, we're talking about Arika here and how Arika is uh, involved a lot in the development on this and actually taking over, like, basically being the... Uh, uh, just going to keep working on Tekken 7 at this point. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. I don't think that means, though, that Fexel is going to really show its hand in the Tekken system. I think they're probably making the game the way that that Namco is Bandai Namco is probably pushing for it. So I wouldn't expect a lot of gameplay philosophies and styles and thoughts to go from Fexel to this, but uh, let's keep going here. Tekken 8 logo shows up. We will explain changes to the existing system. First point will be about the rage system. You all know the rage system, which has been been implemented from Tekken 6. There are a few changes this time, so let us explain in detail. Understood. First of all, the rage state is automatically activated when the player's health falls below a certain level. This is what we've already known from Tekken 7, for example. It's basically the same thing, and it does talk about the fact that you do get more damage when you're in the rage state, and sure enough, they show pictures of the meter, which is about probably the same, about like 20%, maybe 15% of the health. The character's health bar or a red aura will appear on the character's body. When it gets to the state, the attack power will increase. And a special move called the Rage Art will become available. The lower the character's health, the more damage the Rage Art will do, right? Asks Harada. And again, this is all basically the same thing. Yes, the reversal element is still present in Tekken 8. So basically, they're talking about the fact that you still have the... It's a comeback mechanic. It's a, the reversal property. It's comeback mechanic. So the Rage Art are like this, and they're showing Law here, activating the Rage Art. 
Hits Paul, busts out the nunchucks, and goes ham. And then does the Bruce Lee stomp <laughs> on poor Paul. And then, oh, interesting. So this time, Rage Art is a common command. So they did it more like Soul Calibur, in other words. Everyone's going to have the same input for the Rage Art. And you can inflict a huge amount of damage. However, using Rage Art is not always the right answer. As in Tekken 7's, according to the slide, the player can perform Rage Art during the Rage State for a one-shot reversal. If you are a good player, you can use this kind of strategy to keep the Rage State as long as you can while your attack power is increased and use more moves to win. Again, all of this is exactly the same as Tekken 7. So none of this has changed at this point in time. Same strategy, same tactics, same concept. Do you want to spend it now to try to catch up? Or do you want to stay, save your rage state so that you can actually do extra damage, etc., etc.? So if you are interested in playing with rage, you can experience this in Tekken 7. So please give it a try. <laughs> I saw someone tweet this picture out. And all I can say to that is, I understand, Harada. If you are interested in playing with Rage, you can experience this in Tekken 7. I know this. I can confirm. Can confirm, Harada. Can confirm. Playing with Rage in Tekken 7. Oh, man. Basically, what he means by that, though, is if you want to see what the system is all about, you can play Tekken 7, and it's pretty much exactly the same. Now, they say also the rage drive that existed in Tekken 7 as a special action during rage has been eliminated this time. So with the implementation of the heat system, the rage drive that is in Tekken 7 is a boss. They actually have a little red circle with the line and says, Discontinued! Discontinued! Rage drive is gone! For the first time, it is an element that will be eliminated. Adding more and more elements would have made it too complicated, so we have reorganized, and the rage drive itself has been eliminated. Interesting. Okay, so they were worried that it would be too complicated. So you mentioned earlier that the rage art commands have been unified, but let's explain a little bit more about the specific commands. Is there an easier way? Basically, all characters have the same command, which is forward, diagonal, down, and both punches. So everybody's just going to hit down, forward, and two punches to do it, uh, which seems pretty straightforward over here. Or on PlayStation 5, by default settings, you can hit R2, which I'm sure is going to be mapped to the two. Oh, actually, no, R2 button to activate the Rage Art with a single button. You don't even need the motions. You just hit R2 and it comes out as a uh, Rage Art. Holy crap. Uh, you're right, down forward, one plus two, good. <laughs> Must use Tekken terminology. Uh, and for these kind of controllers, for example, on PlayStation 5, you can use the R R2 button. That's right, in Tekken 7, we also made it that it can be activated with a single button, but this time, we haven't inherited this feature. 
modern controls exactly, Grayson. Finally, we are talking about a completely new element implemented from this time. I don't know if I would call it completely new. Uh, let me see here. Uh, in a sense, it was actually somewhat existed in Tekken Tag Tournament, but the system is renewed again. Interesting. Please explain. This time, recoverable gauge has been added to the health gauge. So are they doing white life? Are they actually doing white life here? Because obviously in the Tekken Tag games, as your character gets beat up, they have white health. And then when you tag them out while they're sitting in the back, they actually recover that health. So it sounds like they're going to be doing something the same thing, but obviously you can't tag. So how is it going to work here? This recoverable gauge will be retained so will retain some of the damage from combos as recoverable or as a part of the damage that becomes recoverable when guarding certain big moves. Oh, the, oh are they going to do chip damage in this game? So recoverable, a part of the damage taken by blocking certain big moves or by aerial combos remains as recoverable gauge. Interesting. Now it does say here by certain big moves or by aerial combos. So does that mean you only get this recoverable energy as you're being juggled? But if you get hit straight up by like a natural combo string on the ground, that doesn't generate any white health? Let's find out. Thus, the system is so important that it is paired with the heat system. So, it is similar to the red gauge in Tekken Tag series, but what makes it unique is, is that it does not recover over time. Okay. So, how does this work? That's a big deal, isn't it? So asks her, yes, resting normally does not restore health. So now we'll explain how to do so. So Silas Grayson in the chat does say that it's only juggles and blocks and that ground combos are 100% real damage. That's interesting. That means that the long juggles and stuff like that are kind of be kind of nerfed a little bit in terms of recoverable health. And it's kind of a neat idea because that also means that if you're playing footsies on the ground, the individual hits that connect will actually still have more impact. So if you're playing footsies on the ground and you hit each other with little small pokes, you know, down forward ones and stuff like that. By having those not be recoverable, you're not extending the, 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 the round by too much. You're just kind of nerfing a little bit of the damage of once you get launchers and stuff. And again, as much as launchers are super important when you watch Tekken games and they're the big deal, when you're actually playing Tekken, you're not actually expected to get like big launchers constantly it's not marvel you're not expect like a lot of the damage in tekken comes from singular hits and you know small things here and there less so the big combo damages obviously when they happen that's the exciting part but a lot of the game really is little individual hits and by making it so that it's only the juggles that produce the white life that maintains the footsies uh, kind of concept and, and really makes it so that the grounded game, the neutral game is still very, very much important. So that's actually a really, really smart idea. It reminds me kind of how they handled the risk gauge in Strive where the risk gauge doesn't increase the damage that the characters take like they did in older games, what they did was that they, as the more risk gauge there was, the less the 
damage of the combo would be scaled, which means the individual hits still just did as much damage as before, but the combos would actually reward you more. Now, it's a little bit opposite, making that so that, you know, neutral isn't uh, doing as much damage when the risk gauge goes up and stuff, but the concept of trying to keep the neutral the same and uh, changing the way the combos work is kind of where the similarity is, where is where the similarity lies. <laughs> Since the key word aggressive is settled in the game development, we thought that the more aggressive moves a player takes, the more one's health will be restored. So it says recoverable, recovery of the recoverable gauge. It is similar to the red gauge, uh, but, oh, okay, that's the same slide as before. We have made it so the player regains strength by hitting with an attack or by making the opponent guard against an attack. So what's interesting about this, this is the opposite of Vampire Savior. So in Vampire Savior, you had the recoverable health. I mean, it's kind of the same concept. In Vampire Savior, you had the recoverable health, but the idea was the game was so... <laughs> Vampire Savior was so aggressive that the best way to recover that health was not to try to run away, because if you blocked or got hit, you would not gain the recoverable life. But instead, because in Vampire Savior, you did gain the health through time. You basically waited, it would sit still for a while, and then your health would start recovering. But the best way to do that was to be aggressive, attack the opponent, because as long as you're attacking them, they couldn't attack you, and so your health would actually recover as a result. This is the same kind of concept, except they're making it directly more one-to-one, -one, that, the, that the actual act of landing moves on your opponent will gain it back. I think that makes sense because Vampire Savior is significantly more aggressive with moves that can hit you from full screen away and people are just air dashing all over the place. Whereas Tekken, there's a lot of neutral back and forth, right? And so if you actually made it so that the health gained back through time, you're going to have a lot of people back dashing a lot to try to avoid combat. Infinite stages would probably, like, like Infinite Azure would be a bad idea all of a sudden. Sidestepping and running away would become a little bit more prominent so by forcing you to actually land moves to regain health I actually think this is really smart I actually think that this is a really 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 good idea here how they've uh, manage this and I'm sure they tried all these different ways and in playtest they're like oh god this does not work at all and so they actually changed it so yes uh, be aggressive aggressive <laughs> In other words, it is as if adrenaline is released from the body to recover the damage. <laughs> By actively taking out your movements like that, the recoverable gauge part of your health will be restored. Yes, as it was in Tekken Tag Tournament or Tekken Tag Tournament 2. When you want to recover a little health to regain your stance, even if you do a backdash cancel or passively backdashing, it will not give you an advantage. Right, that's exactly what I was talking about here. It is important to be aggressive and keep attacking while recovering. So they're really trying to push aggression. No, but I mean, they're really trying to push the offense in this game a little bit more. It sounds like they want this game definitely to be a lot more aggressive. And again, this sounds, this is really starting to sound like this might be the 
biggest change. Like, again, don't get me wrong. Tekken has obviously dr changed drastically from game to game with games like Tekken 4 being one of the most completely different games where they lowered the damage and, you know, they had more free-form movement, objects on the stage, more stage interactions, etc., etc. But for the most part, Tekken has remained fairly similar, you know, similar kind of style, similar mindset, different changes in how you approach small things, different things to watch out for, like Rage Arts, Rage Drives, and the armored attacks, for example, the break attacks, I think they were called. Um, you know, lots of little things here and there changed, but for the most part, it's been uh, similar. Obviously, the rage, you know, adding rage was a new thing, but this, this feels like it's actually more... Uh, different, right? And Ebenken in the chat even says, not how, sure how I feel about aggression. Tekken is about the slow method, method, methodological gameplay, not ruthless aggression era. But again, fighting games are changing a lot. Aggression really is kind of the name of the game, as we've seen even zoners really losing a lot of power in fighting games recently. It really is about pushing forward, and, you know, I think a lot of this honestly is being affected by esports. You know, this is an uh, this is an audience thing. This is a participation thing. People want to see action, and it's you know it's a very interesting thing. Now, obviously, when you watch mobas and stuff like that, the first part of the matches is a little bit slower paced as people are building up stuff. But you know, everyone gets excited by the big moments and stuff like that. But those are very very different style of games. Whereas fighting games, when people are dashing back and forth and not pressing buttons at all, it's very weird for people new to fighting games showing up and seeing that, right? It's weird to them to see people not attacking in fighting games, which is why, as a commentator, I try to make sure I get hype when people are being very patient or, you know, when people in Street Fighter V, for example, are walking back and forth and haven't pressed a button. I try to talk about it admirably to make sure people understand that this is a smart thing to do, that this is not, you know, like, no action, it's boring or whatever like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this changes this gameplay and if it changes it a lot will Tekken players actually get a little frustrated with it because like I said Tekken hasn't changed drastically so most Tekken players have continued forward with the series however when you look at a game like Guilty Gear, even between XX and Exert, there was a lot of players who were like, no, I hate Exert. I hate the Roman cancel system. I hate a lot about this. Screw this game. They dumbed it down. Whatever. I'm sticking to XX. And then they went to Strive, and then Strive changed everything. And then a bunch of Exert players were like, nah, son. Nah, I'm not going to Strive at all. So uh, I'm curious to see if that's going to happen to the Tekken scene if Tekken 8 is vastly different and again i don't have my uh i don't have my uh feelers in the tekken community so if they if there have been in the past tekken games that have come out and made tekken players go like nah son this isn't tekken anymore you know let me know because uh for the most part it feels like a lot of them have been the same players so uh some Tekken players have expressed some positive opinions saying, finally, it's not another Tekken 5. Interesting. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this is the fighting game cycle distilled as the real Kimosabe says. Uh, but again, uh, 
remember that I feel like Tekken more so than most series has avoided that because they haven't gone through any massive changes uh, before. So uh, yeah, PC Genjin, I was just about the same thing. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So yeah, and and he does bring up a good point. Tekken 7 blew up in a way I really didn't expect. There's a lot to be said about whether the change was necessary. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, this is the common thing. Street Fighter V and Guilty Gear Strive. The two commonalities between those two games is that defense is very weak. Both of those games, defense is very weak. When you played Guilty Gear Exert, you had Blitz. You know, you had uh, instant blocking to change the frame data, for example. You had faultless defense. The backdashes were way more invincible than they are now. Defense was a lot of guard cancels, actually, dead angles, the, the, the alpha counters, uh, actually worked super well in that game. Like, they never missed, you know, and uh, I mean, they did miss sometimes, but my point is that they were super fast. Defense in that game was a lot stronger. Fighter 4, you have uppercut FADC backdash, invincible backdashes, invincible DPs on wake up, etc, etc. Again, defense was stronger in older games and these days it feels like a lot of people are really moving away from that. The developers are really pushing away from defense. So like I said, this will be really interesting to see if they start adding more or maybe they even talk about some defensive mechanics in here. I haven't seen it yet, but let's 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 keep going. So well, I mean, eggs are defense, LOL, says Nuona, which, yes, I get what you mean, but that's just because the offense in Exert is ridiculous. The offense in Exert is in ridiculous. So if you put an Exert character directly into Strive, they would murder everyone because the mix-ups are just ridiculous. But at least Exert had, you know, for example, like Milia throwing out the disc she there's all these new techniques to make sure you throw them out and be at ranges where the blitz shield isn't gonna actually hit you and stuff like that you know it did change the way but people just figured ways around it again as usual so exert still has better defense than strive but exert also has better offense as well so it all kind of balances out <laughs> Then I would like to give more detailed explanation while looking at the actual build. Oh, okay. You said earlier that the white gauge does not recover unless you attack, but how does the white gauge itself remain? When you block a big move, the white recoverable gauge will remain in the strength display like this. It looks just like Street Fighter V, man. It looks just like Street Fighter V, Vampire Savior, whatever. There's just a little bit of this see-through gray health sitting there in your bar. It looks pretty much the same as we've come to expect. So they're showing that in the actual gameplay build right now. The white gauge itself does not disappear over time, does it? Oh, interesting. So he got hit. Wait a second. Hang on a second. Are there certain moves that just cause white damage? Because in this one, it's, I guess, that move that Paul has. So he did elbow into a follow-up attack. And maybe certain moves just produce white damage. But this is not a percentage of recoverable health. A hundred percent of the damage that Law just took from Paul's palm strike 
is recoverable. This is not a percentage from this clip. And then he does it again. Let's see. Yeah, so he does it again. So it looks like certain moves. Oh, you're right. He's blocking. Holy crap. That is a lot of damage from block. He is blocking the move. He's staggering back. So they're showing through the animation, through the stagger. So because of the stagger, I thought it was a hit. But that's a good chunk of life right there. That's like getting hit by a medium punch in Street Fighter V. Like, that's actually a lot of damage. And so, yeah, so that's not recoverable health on hit. That's recoverable health on blood. 100% of that. That is a lot of damage. That is a lot of chip damage. Holy crap. So I guess that's kind of their way to balance the timer, right? Because obviously if you have recoverable health, the rounds will last a little bit longer by nature. But if you're actually doing chip damage this entire time, and then maybe if you get hit, you lose all that recoverable health, then that keeps the time about the same. Oh boy, that is... Whew. Yeah. For sure. So Shay mentions, keep in mind this specific screen is definitely interruptible and or parryable or sidesteppable because it definitely, there's a lot of delay. So they're going to be careful about balancing the moves that chip for sure, for sure. I'm just saying that that is a lot of freaking chip. That is like an un unblockable low, right? That is an unreactable low worth of damage right there. So a lot of the times when we've people teach Tekken, they tell you unreactable lows are like the chip damage of Tekken. It's just damage that you're going to end up taking. Well, it looks like they've extended that now to this block damage here. This is uh, crazy here. Oof, boy, boy, okay. We'll see what happens, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, so now he's going to do a second one here. Boom. And the interesting, he does the second one, and it, it, all it does is just add more to the white gauge. It didn't change anything. It's just chip damage. The white gauge is just sitting there like that. So, yeah, Harada asks, the white gauge itself does not disappear over time. Oh, but now Lowe's erase the white life. Oh, my God, you're right. <gasps> unreactable lows are gonna be so scary oh but that depends on how scary the chip damage moves are that's it but after a juggle and they get up hitting down back ones or down i mean down down back threes or down fours or something like that are going to hurt hurt oh that's gonna change a lot that's actually going to change a lot of the game. Yes, it does not disappear over time, but the attacker can erase the opponent's recoverable gauge with certain attacks. Certain attacks. Okay. It can also... Wait. What does that say? But the attacker can erase the opponent's recoverable gauge with certain attacks. Yes. Okay. It can be also be erased, and if the attacker hits a low attack, a part of the gauge will be reduced based on its damage like this. Oh, interesting. So it doesn't erase the whole thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was going to just instantly delete the entire recoverable gauge, but instead it actually just reduces a tiny bit of it. 
Yeah, so he lost a bit, a little chunk of it. And in fact, it almost looks like. Wait. So the low attack hits here, and it looks like this is this is weird. Like it looks like it got reduced, but just by a tiny bit. Like I swear to God, I just want to count the pixels over here because, really speaking, it didn't reduce it by much at all. So he got hit by the low. He took some regular damage. The white gauge moved down a little bit, and the chunk of white health, recoverable health that is left there, is less than before he got hit, but not by much, and not by the same amount of damage that he took from the low. So it looks like maybe half damage goes to taking off the white health, like we can go for an estimate there. Half of the actual damage you take gets taken off the white life. That's what it seems like about. So, uh, yeah, I know to put a ruler on the screen and do some pixel count. I bet you someone already has, but you know what? I'm not gonna do that here right now. So, but for sure he lost a little bit, but not a significantly large amount. It is actually very, very small amount here that he lost. Yes, the side with the recoverable gauge will not recover if they are standing still. So they will recover by attacks. So let's see this here. Here we go. Ooh, so he just did one, two, three with law. He just did a one, two, three sequence here. Yeah, literally a one, two, three, actually. <laughs> and each one of those blocks may be like few pixels, few pixels, few pixels. So yeah, a few pixels here. And actually, what it's looking like here... Actually, okay, just based off of my eye, just based off of my eye, because he did one, two, three, and then he definitely did a kick, punch, kick sequence here. So here we go. He does one, two, three, and then he does a four, three, four sequence here uh, as well. The fours in the four, three, four sequence definitely look like they built a little more health back than all the hits in the one, two, three. Yeah, because if you look at it, the four did recovered more health. So when he does four, three, four, the four recovered more health than the three. The two fours on the opposite end both recovered more health than the three in the middle. So it does look like the amount of health that you recover might be depended uh, on uh, on the move that's actually hitting you. Right, might be based on the damage there. So. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know what IG means, Daj Mahal. <laughs> I don't know what that means, unless you mean you gotta go. Uh, no worries, no worries, it'll be on YouTube. But it definitely looks like that. But in that sequence right there, he did three, um, he did three strings. One, two, three, three, four, three, and then he just did another string there. But um, the health that the white health that is remaining right now is still pretty significant It's still a little over one of the blocked uh palm strikes from paul so you can see that recovering your health is still a long process here 
I would like to explain in detail about the heat system, which is the core system. So here we go, the heat mechanic. I briefly explained a little bit about this in the second trailer at the U.S. regional finals. However, I don't think you got the full picture at all there. So today, I would like to go into that in depth. Now, let me explain the heat system that you have all been waiting for. Okay, this is the big one right here. Oh, okay, maybe not necessarily the big one because the next chapter is ginormous. In a nutshell, the heat system is a period of time that is overwhelmingly beneficial to an attacker. Interesting. So this is seriously like some sort of custom combo or or Ganagin or something. So okay, a slide popped up. What is heat? Period of time that is overwhelmingly beneficial to an attacker, featuring the concept of being aggressive. The user enters a state of enhancement and awakening for it's yes, yeah, it really is an awakening actually for a certain period of time and can create a starting point for tactics and offensive actions. The main feature of this system is that for a certain period of time, a player is in an enhanced or awakened state. Okay, so he's repeating this, allowing one to create a starting point of tactics. So let me first show you the heat state. There's one simple way to enter a heat condition. All right, Paul just did zoom in animation power up into punch, and now he's glowing whitish blue, whitish blue over here. Uh, when you activate heat condition, you enter the heat state, the character is covered with blue flames, and the timer, which we call the heat timer, starts decreasing. Wow, Tekken has a new meter. I totally didn't even notice that until just now. Has Tekken ever had another gauge? This is, this is max mode. This is like max mode in KOF. Has Tekken ever had an extra gauge? I think this is the first time Tekken has ever had an, a, another gauge. Uh, I mean, Tekken 7 has obviously had meters with, uh, with Akuma and Geese. But yeah, this, uh, this game here, now there's actually a special thing. And he's activating heat gauge at completely full health, by the way. This doesn't look like this is like a, I mean, you'll probably build the gauge as you go during the course of the fight. And once you get it, now you can activate max mode, basically. That's right, Eliza has meter too. You're, you're right, you're right. Now what's interesting is the activation of this does cause chip damage. When you activate heat condition, blah, 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 and the heat timer starts decreasing, we saw that. Oh, wow. Okay, that's pretty fast. Okay, so, so just so you guys have an idea of this, activate, drain, drain, about 25% gone, 50% gone, 25% gone, empty. All right, so let's actually... I'm, I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious about this. So I'm going to do this right now. I'm actually going to do this here. Let's let's see here. So activate. Uh, uh, okay. So I'm using a stopwatch on my phone right now. Yeah, it seems about 10 seconds. It's about 10 seconds. Okay, so it's about 10 seconds. Oh, okay, so they actually said it lasts 10 seconds if you do nothing. Interesting. 
oh, you can't build this meter like you can in other games. As every Okay, we'll see how that... Okay, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Um, but basically, says, can you explain specifically which operation... Wow! <laughs> Thanks for the, <laughs> the subtitle time. Not from a specific move. Which operation you did just now? Not from a specific move. Okay, it's just the R1 button. You just hit the R1 button, and then Paul goes... Punchy punch! And this heat and anytime activated, and then when you do, yeah. So if you do nothing, the heat state ends in 10 seconds. Okay, there they say it right there. I jumped the gun. I'm sorry, but it's rather long, surprisingly, the duration of the effect. Yes, heat state is basically 10 seconds, but actually, the decrease in the heat timer can be stopped by itself. Whoa. You can see that the timer stops when the opponent is blocked or hit by a move, and you're doing, and everything is doing chip damage. Everything is doing chip damage in this, and when you block stuff, the meter stops going down. So anytime the opponent is in hit stun or block stun, the timer stops moving. Holy crap! It means you can keep the advantageous situation going. Oh my god! It means that you can push your opponent to your favorable place. So heat timer can be activated once per round for 10 seconds. Heat timer stops while an opponent is hit or down state. Oh my god, so if you juggle, does it just not go down at all? So if I launch him, does the heat state just keep going? If you play well, you can keep the heat state for a long time, once per round! Whoa! So it's more advantageous if you're being aggressive, as the concept says. If you are on the defensive, you are at a disadvantage. Whoa! It might be only in the heat state, K-John, just to indicate that you're taking chip damage. Yeah, when you glow like that, I think that just means that, yes, you are taking chip damage. And so... Paul has lost like maybe 70% of his heat gauge timer in this demo just by hitting 112s and 112s and 12s and whatever all day. And Law has lost about, he has about a 25% white health chunk built up from blocking all of that stuff. Wow. Wow. Dang, this is People can mash buttons again. It is designed to have an advantage to players with an aggressive nature. Now, obviously a lot of people are like, oh my god, it's going to force people to mash. But again, Tekken is a game very much about stealing turns and taking turns and stuff like this, right? If you're fighting against somebody who activates heat mode and starts being really aggressive, 1-1, one, one, blah, 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 1-1, one, one, blah, 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 like keep trying to be aggressive, if they don't know how to be aggressive, they're going to get destroyed, right? I mean, pro players are just going to know, okay, you're doing 1-1, one, one, whatever, I'm just going to low crush this, or you're going to down one or do all this other stuff. I actually feel like, uh, I feel like that, you know, at the highest levels, you'll be able to blow someone up. I, I think it's it's going to be scary, though, once you get a good player with this in mind. However, they're going to be, you know, understanding when it's not their turn and they're going to be blocking. So their heat gauge is going to continue going down and stuff. 
yeah, exactly. Like Isaac Locke says, their flowcharts are going to be exposed for sure, for sure. 99% all ones are safe on block, right? But they're all low crushable. That's the important thing, right? If you're just going to sit there and one all day, I'm just going to crouch and then just completely destroy you with a, with my crouching launcher, right? You know, if I'm king, I'm just going to do while crouching down forward, uh, was it one or two? <laughs> I think it's two down forward. No, it's down forward one. I don't know. Look, again, people telling me that the left-right thing is intuitive. As a person who can't remember what arm is punching with what, who's dyslexic between left and right, doesn't help at all. <laughs> oh, man. So there's a lot of ways to blow that up. I don't think it'll be too bad. I don't think it'll be too bad. Uh, obviously, if you're playing with your friends and both of you are casuals, this is going to be brutal, right? But, but in a way, it kind of teaches you to take your turns, right? It kind of teaches you to take your turns and to really, like, almost in a way force you to learn when it's your turn and when it's time for you to try to take back your turn and stuff like that. So in a way, it might actually be beneficial to give the opponent super offense at some point in time because it might force the players to be like, every time, dude, every time you do this sequence, I just hit one afterwards and I stop your mashing. Like, you're almost kind of, at that point, going to be first to learn that. What I'm scared of is that it might turn the game into MK11, which is down one the game, right? Down one and down three the game, which, like, so much of the close-range combat in that game is just about ducking punch, you know, <laughs> kind of situation, so... Uh, armor moves okay yeah uh, we have no launch date for, unless they announce a launch date here but i wouldn't expect tekken until 2024 2025 uh to be honest with you i don't think that this game is going to be coming out anytime soon um, right and d1 is scary because in tekken you can uh you can low parry it for sure but see what happens then is if you're always down wanting and punishing someone for mashing the buttons then what happens is then the opponent's gonna learn how to down parry it and you know you kind of promote this little bit of mind games there that i hope players would learn as they play casually with your friends but okay hang on a second now uh what's this guy's name again i forgot what this guy's name is uh the guy who's not harada here but he says now there are two conditions for activating heat kohei kohei okay his last name began with an n right oh yeah nakatsu there you go nakatsu there you go <laughs> no silas i'm not calling him not harada no zilcho i'm not calling him not harada <laughs> okay fine i did say not harada that was my fault never mind this is first what we call a heat burst Entering the heat state of one's own volition. This is one of the ways. Okay, so this is raw activation. This is literally just raw activation. And so you just do it while you're standing there. This is the single button action. Yes, this is a single button action. The other way that each character has is multiple heat engager. Heat. If you hit your move to an opponent like this, you can enter the heat state and automatically run towards your opponent. This is what we saw in the previous trailer. This is what we saw. We saw Kazuya? Jin? I will never, 
ever remember which is which, but one of them hit and then did the dashing forward, and that automatically turns you into, so you can see there, no blue glowing flames when Paul hits with the palm strike, but then he cancels into the run, and then he starts glowing blue, and then the meter actually starts to drain at that point in time. So if you hit your opponent like this, you can enter the heat state and automatically run towards your opponent, and the opponent is getting up and staggered. Wow, does that give you free attack this is a way to attack the opponent after creating an overwhelming advantage now my question is can you activate this on block right i think so heat engager is more than one move per character mostly on average there are about five heat engagers holy crap dude it'd be sick if king has a throw heat engager Ooh. Like one of the ones like he picks you up and puts you down and then you activate it, he pushes you and then rushes in. Oh, that'd be actually be kind of sick. <laughs> so the slide, two types of triggering methods, have they explained? Yes, Heat Engager has a significant impact on strategy, so we set up multiple moves while taking into account the characteristics of each character. I appreciate how devs are enhancing and highlighting big moments by supplementing that with cool camera angles and slow-mo. And like I said, that was the big deal. That right there was the biggest weakness of Street Fighter V. From a presentation standpoint, Street Fighter V was one of the most blah and like plain fighting games ever. They were, like That's why I like Strive. That's why I like the stupid combo meter and the counter at the bottom of the screen and the wall breaks and stuff like that. It adds a lot for the audience, for people who don't even play the game. Like I said earlier in the stream, it's very important now that we have to understand that to maintain a video game's popularity, a fighting game's popularity, yes, we have to consider the audience, right? It might have been a more solid defensive game and more strategic, basically, with hand checking and all of the crazy rules in basketball. But I have watched a Heat Utah Jazz game, I think it was, that the final score was like 56 to 61. And trust me, you do not want to see that game. You don't want to watch that game at all, right? And so, yes, did they change the rules so that defense basically doesn't exist in basketball? basketball today yeah they did you know did they get rid of uh the blue line in hockey right they got rid of the 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 the, the blue line thing for icing or whatever it was like that you know they have to make these changes sometimes because yes in an esports environment it is very important to cater to audiences. And so while that is a little bit tougher for players, we have to understand as players that the more people enjoy watching the game, <laughs> the more opportunities the players will have to be able to make this an actual career and actually be able to win money and have the FGC advance to a point where, you know, it can be a little bit more mainstream like this. And it's a tough thing to do and it sucks. And yes, as an old school player, I'm like, man, but then again, at the, as an old schooler, I also remember Alpha 2's custom combos, which were designed to help people do easy combos and do and look flashy 
Yoshi and stuff like that. Look, they've been doing this with fighting games since the beginning of time. I dropped, I tell the story all the time. I dropped my control pad and got like a 100 and something hit combo in MVC2, right? Obviously, it hit the two assist buttons and the team super came out. The point being is that they're trying to make video games more flashy and they've been doing it this entire time. It is not antithetical to what we know about the history of fighting games. History of fighting games has always been about trying to make things flashier and more palatable to people and to make it easier to play. People have been trying to dumb down fighting games. Let's not talk about Alpha 1, okay? Alpha 1 is the ultimate example of dumbing down a fighting game. You go from Super Turbo to Alpha 1, at that time we didn't understand the concept of dumbing down. So when Alpha 1 came out, we weren't like, oh my god, they're trying to cater to bleh. Like we didn't have that mentality yet because it was the first time we'd ever encountered it. But if you look back on history right now, Alpha 1 is probably one of the most dumbed down fighting games in the history of fighting games. And it was the second series of Street Fighter. Literally the second series of Street Fighter, the first game, was probably one of the most dumbed down fighting games and catered to beginners as humanly possible. So again, well, Alpha 1 was hard because Guy was kind of stupidly good. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, does it actually bring in more people? Uh, back then, uh, not really, because the fighting game genre had kind of past its prime already. Nowadays, it might. We don't know. That's the problem, Chusastoa. Uh, we don't actually know if it will bring in more people or not, if it actually... Now, the biggest evidence we have right now is that, one, Tekken 7 was the most popular Tekken probably ever, had more entrants, more players, and in fact, at one point in time, ruled the FGC. And like I said... Tekken 7 had better presentation than any other Tekken ever. Second proof, Guilty Gear Strive, best-selling Guilty Gear game ever. Does that have to do with more of the netcode than the presentation? Probably. Probably. Presentation doesn't hurt, though. The presentation doesn't hurt. And Guilty Gear Strive has already had, and again, by the time we've reached a second year for most fighting games... The number of entrants usually drops pretty drastically. Guilty Gear Strive this past weekend just had over a thousand entrants at Frosty Faustings, making it the third tournament that it's ever had with over a thousand entrants. Combo Breaker was a thousand plus, Evo was two thousand plus, and now Frosty Faustings is one thousand plus. Strive is not losing steam. Strive is not losing momentum. Does this have to do with the netcode? Probably 60-70% the netcode. But 30% being presentation and having it so that people feel good about themselves when they land counters or when they get the wall splats or when they actually get to land the 80% damage combo. That is addictive. It really is. When we played hyper fighting back in the day, when I landed low, short, stand, fierce, uppercut as a meaty with Ken and stunned you and then jumped fierce, stand, fierce, uppercut and you died because you didn't block my low short on your wake up, that felt good. <laughs> All right? So again, 
things like this actually do make a difference. And so by making the game a little bit more palatable like this for viewers, we're not, we don't have it we don't have obviously solid data to prove whether that makes a game more popular or helps. But from what we've seen so far, it feels like it makes difference. It makes a difference. <laughs> right, Tekken 7's user interface and menus are better. It's nicer graphics than other games. But I'm telling you right now, the slow-mo, everybody gets hype over the slow-mo. Every time the slow-mo happens, the commentators go crazy. You can't help it. You just get hyped for it because that's just the way it goes. And same thing when I'm watching Guilty Gear Strive and I'm commentating and someone lands a big counter hit, you're like, oh God, like you just can't help it. And it really, really helps. It really helps a lot in my opinion. And so, yeah, did all the zoom ins and slowdowns and black and whites and all these things in Tekken 7 help Tekken 7? Certainly made it a lot more fun for me to watch. I certainly never watched Tekken all that much before in the past because I really thought it was boring looking because I, I really felt like the game wasn't presenting itself in a way that was particularly exciting. And yes, I really do feel that about Street Fighter V, which is why my commentary is focused in a way for Street Fighter V really to try to point out why the mundane looking things are actually crazy. Like when someone hits a button when they're minus. You know, when Momochi hits a button when he's minus, it's not he's mashing. It's because he had a calculated guess. And so I'm going to call that out. Because Street Fighter V, like without commentary, is really not a fun game to watch. <laughs> Honestly, because it's there's not a lot of like presentation factor to that game. There just really isn't. You know, presentation makes a big difference. It makes a very, very big difference. And so I have intentionally learned when I commentate Street Fighter V to try to enhance the things that the players are doing that you should be getting excited about. One, to educate you so that you can be excited about it when I'm not commentating it. And two, to make you understand that just because the characters are walking back and forth and not doing much and that there isn't any crazy zoom-ins, that it's still pretty exciting. And even in the definitive patch, if you look at the definitive patch, they added zoom-ins to a lot of moves. They understood it too. I don't know if they were listening to me talk about this all the time because I've been saying this for the past six years about Street Fighter V is that it is one of the weakest presentation fighting games of all time. And they added a lot more screen shakes and zoom-ins in the definitive patch for that purpose. Honestly, presentation is a big deal. So Chusastoa says... Uh, Let's suppose dumbing down is the way to grow the FGC. What happens when it's big enough? We undumb games? No. No, 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 no. Again, dumbing down is a, is a bad way to describe it. Uh, really, right now, what we're starting to see is a really intelligent way to dumb things down, right? So the, the, when you dumb down a fighting game, it doesn't drag the ceiling with it. It doesn't drag the ceiling with it. You can actually dumb down a game and then do this. This is important concept to understand. When you make a game a little bit easier for beginners to play and more palatable to play, you aren't dragging the skill ceiling down with it. You can keep it up here. The most... The paragon of this is Super Smash Bros. Melee. 
Super Smash Brothers Melee is one of the most technical fighting games you are ever going to play in your entire life. Requires perhaps some of the highest levels of execution to play. Yet anybody can jump into it because it's dumbed down enough that everybody can run in and play the game and just have fun. Even if you turn off items and stuff like that, you just have that. Because if you're a Smash player and you land luigi's you know miracle one you know perfect spacing dp you feel like a god and then even in the 1v1 in smash brothers they added that weird zoom in hit for big hits and stuff like that smash brothers is a perfect example of a games that are dumbed down without dragging the skill ceiling down and melee in particular you can do both at the exact same time you can definitely do both at the same time so <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, you can 100% keep, yeah, exactly, Jigglypuff's sleep move. I still tell the story of the one time, and in fact, uh, it was Investigation Cone, me, my brother, and our other friend, uh, our other friend got the fan in Smash Brothers while we were playing four-player, and Cone was, <laughs> was, uh, Pikachu. And you know how the fan works in Smash Brothers, when you hit someone, it just like, and kind of locks the person in place. And he hit all three of us. And so all three of us are getting hit by the fan, and we're like, no, no, no. And then all Cone was doing was mashing down and B. And then Alison, just in the middle of nowhere, was like, bam. And then all three of us died. And there's just this sleeping Pikachu, I mean, sleeping Jigglypuff, sitting in the middle of the screen there after everybody died and was absolutely the most hilarious thing in the world. And again, that doesn't change the 1v1 high-level skill, right? And again, that's why Street Fighter VI adding the bowl moves, you know, the modes where you fight with the bowls and, you know, all the, and this is your goal, land this and that. Like, it's actually a really good idea adding these modes in here because it allows people to play other modes and really have fun with their friends in a different way. You're not necessarily lowering the skill ceiling by adding things that will be palatable to newcomers, right? But you are hopefully making it so that newcomers will play and want to get better and they want to actually get stronger. So, uh, uh, so you say, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I wanted to, I just wanted to say that piece about smash because I feel like it's intended design as a whole different world. thus making the comparison kind of out of context. So he says, everyone can play Smash because it's a party game that was designed that way. It wasn't meant to be played 1v1 with no items on a flat surface all day. Sure, true, but it became that. And that doesn't mean that fighting games can't also add party elements to the game, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean that they can't add that stuff in there. So for example, the MASH mode... <laughs> in Street Fighter 6, right? Like, that's not going to... Like, that's going to let people at least feel like they're doing something. <laughs> at least something is happening when they're playing. And if it's at your Thanksgiving holiday with your, you know, eight-year-old nephew or your even five-year-old nephew or something like that, hey, maybe they get good memories of it and, like, the next Thanksgiving, they're like, I want to play again. And then they get the game and then they play. And as they play, they learn. Let me tell you something about my nephews, okay? My nephew is like 13 years old right now. He was probably a better Smash. I mean, he consistently 
became a better Smash player than my brother, who we played Smash all the time. He is, like, by far a better Smash player than my brother went, like, three years ago, four years ago, maybe, already. Like, don't underestimate these eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids, okay? You put them in front of Street Fighter VI, and then they learn that they were just mashing buttons, and it was doing stuff for them automatically, and they're like, I want to learn how to play this for real. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> It might work, honestly. So the idea is that we want to get more people playing the game. And like I said, what's interesting about this heat system here is while it makes you want to be aggressive and mash, that teaches you now that, one, the mashing doesn't work, and two, from the defensive side, normally if you fight someone who's mashing a lot of times, you're just going to block it and be like, what do I do? What do I do? Now if you're feeling the danger because you're taking chip damage the whole entire time, it's going to make you want to learn and more aggressive, aggressively learn how to stop the mashing. So it's kind of interesting. So it's kind of an interesting concept here. And so that's kind of why, because I had said it too. I wanted a mode in Street Fighter where I could pick up an item and makes my fireballs unblockable for like five seconds. And then that means that the opponent's just going to learn to neutral jump or just have all their anti-fireball moves ready to go. Like, you're going to learn to neutral jump fireballs, right? Like, have items in Smash uh, in Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Six. Like, you do that and you force people, like, make it so that an uppercut does 50% damage. So now the opponent's just going to want to uppercut all day. So every time he gets next to you, you're going to be like, screw it, I'm going to block. I'm going to take the throw. And all of a sudden, you're learning how to take the throw. It's like introduces different concepts when you stretch the rewards for things. You start learning new strategies in fighting games. And it's kind of what I'm thinking the heat system might actually do. So uh, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Instead of simple controls, why not tap controls like MK? I can't do 180 motions to save my life, but I can do it in Justice too because it's tap. Which is funny because I can't play in Justice this because it's tap i actually turn on <laughs> half circles and stuff <laughs> so if it was an option for both i would actually do that i would actually do that <laughs> that was my kid in mario kart i taught him how to drift and it was over <laughs> dude kids are crazy dude Crazy kids are crazy. Uh, there's more evidence that suggests Sakurai did intend to push the competitive aspects of the game. He stated in interviews he was strictly motivated to make melee closer to what other fighting games were doing at the times in terms of ceiling. He just didn't think what people would take it that far. Yeah, I mean, remember he grew up in fighting games, right? Fatal Fury was his first fighting game, and he he grew up on fighting games, so. Maybe, maybe. I mean, the arcade stick layout for Tekken is a big deal because Electric Wing Godfist difficulty lies in joystick button combination. It doesn't work for hitboxes and cross-ups and stuff like that. So creating an execution difficulty that is based off of the input device is outdated at this point, is archaic at this point. The hitbox is not a free... I can do everything easy. If you play Guilty Gear Exert, the hitbox does not make you do Johnny Mist Cancel combos a lot easier than the joystick. Okay, the execution is based off of the stuff that you have to perform. 
The problem with Tekken Electric Wing Godfist is the concept that you have to hit down forward on the exact same frame you press a button, and on a joystick and a, and, and a button, it's really hard to know. It's really hard to know. Different joysticks have different pulls, have different zones of clicking. The, the nubs can actually be worn down a little bit, changing the timing a little bit, etc., etc. There's a lot to be said about that, but again, that is specific to one piece of hardware. Does Tekken 8 change that? Who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, but in any case... Really interesting little sidebar over there about dumbing down of video games. Let's keep going. Otherwise, I'm going to be here for nine hours. Because <laughs> I could talk about these topics all day. All day. All day. All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going here. We're still on the heat engager. Heat engager. So for beginners or people who want to start out this time, those five moves are the main ones to learn. And they are easy to understand. See, that's interesting. They're forcing you into pet moves. I have talked about this before. To learn fighting games, get pet moves, right? Soul Calibur does this a little bit by having the lethal attacks. You know, Street Fighter doesn't present this to you in any sort of meaningful way in learning what your pet moves are, right? And again, there are no right answers to pet moves. This just depends on who you are. But that's the best way to learn fighting games. Focus on a small subset of your moves, abuse them until you start learning that Either A, they're not good and you need a better pet move, or two, all your pet moves don't handle a certain situation that you need to learn, so you got to learn a new pet move. You always want to start small in fighting games and expand outwards afterwards. So if this is what Harada's trying to do to force you to focus on these pet moves, that's an interesting idea. That's an interesting uh, concept here. <laughs> Uh, I'd love more engaging, competitively viable arena fighters. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Yes, that is what we were conscious of in making this game. There are so many different moves in Tekken. In order to make it easy to know which moves to learn first, we set heat engagers to each character's characteristic moves. See? That's exactly what they said that they're doing. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's really, really smart. It's like the old days, the install cards. Whoa, what are install cards? Ah, oh, like those arcade cards that you put on the console that say, first of all, you need to learn ah, those things. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The, the thing that you actually put on the arcade cabinet. We set up the heat engager with the idea that if you use only these moves, you can play reasonably well. Perfect. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like this so far. I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing here. So even if it is a character which is new for you, if you learn that, if you learn heat engager, you can fight reasonably well and look cool. I wonder if they're spying on my streams as well. I wonder if they spy on my streams as well. I've seen that Capcom frame data gauge in Street Fighter 6, okay? I'm pretty sure Capcom is spying on me. But is Namco, Bandai Namco spying on me as well? They could be. They could be. Because all of my great ideas are making their way into fighting games these days. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. All of my great ideas are making it into fighting games these days. Yeah. In fact, King has so many moves that he could hold the Guinness record in the world of fighting games. Yes. 
格闘ゲーム界でもギネス記録取れるぐらいあるけど。また僕個人的には結構ないけど。今回。But the most important thing is due to the addition of this heat system, it gets actually very interesting to use him. I can learn only the heat engager of King, and with that alone, I can use it even though I can't use King very much. The range of characters that can be used will increase for existing players, and it will also make it easier for beginners to try out various characters. What's standing out over here to me is he's talking about the number of moves for characters and everything like that, but he's talking about it like they're keeping most of them. So, there is no indication here because if they were planning to take away moves from characters to reduce their moveset, he probably would have said something about that here. But the fact that he describes that everybody has a lot of moves and they're talking about it like in a present tense, they aren't reducing the number of moves, it sounds like. So, I mean, obviously, between Tekken's characters lose moves and gain new moves, etc., etc., but it sounds like they're not going to try an overall skimming. Of a lot of the extra moves, they're gonna try to keep it so that the variety is there. They're just trying to focus you, they're trying to build in game all of the web, the YouTube videos that say, These are the five moves you should focus on first, you know, because <laughs> there's like 700 of those videos on YouTube for every character. <laughs> And this one, right, and it sounds like what they're trying to do is inherently build it into the game itself. So that's actually kind of neat. Yes, first of all, learning Heat Engager is a shortcut to improving in Tekken 8. Really neat. I, I like this concept so far. I like this concept. Then, uh, let's have the actual build explain a few more details, including the difference between uh, Heat Burst and Heat Engager. Yes, first of all, heat burst can be activated anytime where the heat timer is present. So right there on the screen, you see a full heat timer. And he activates the heat burst, which is just the raw activation, like this. This is a feature such as activating heat while launching a slamming attack on your opponent. So it says on the slide, characteristics of each, of each heat activation. Heat burst. Activating heat while setting up a slamming attack, it gives a slight advantage on hit and on guard over the opponent. The question is, will most heat bursts be sidesteppable? And can they be sidesteppable on reaction? Or when you activate it raw, is there no ability to get away from it? Like if you're in range, like if you bait it out by sidestepping ahead of time or backdashing ahead of time to whiff punish it, maybe. But that's the question right there is the frame data. If we're both neutral, standing right next to each other, and I activate Heat Burst, can you do anything to beat it outside of, for example, your Rage Art or maybe an Armored Attack or something like that? It's really, really interesting. That's a lot that we'll have to figure out as time goes on. This attack is characterized by the fact that even if the opponent guards against it, you can move first, making it easier to continue the attack. So here you go, blocked. Oh, Jesus Christ, that just looks like a hit. Like, Law is just doubled over, dude. He is doubled over. Is that actually a block? Because <laughs> that's also a chunk of health off of that as well. 
And yeah, and then he just throws out the kick right there. And I don't know, maybe that was a hit. Was that a combo in the standing four? No, no, no. Law definitely recovered first. Law definitely recovered first. And then just got kicked in the face. It can be used as a part of an aerial combo. So you can, for example, float your opponent and hit them with a heat burst. So let's see. Paul launch into boom and oh god it's like a bound it definitely looks like a bound interesting oh that was magic four. Oh, okay that was magic four so in other words law tried to hit a button got counter hit by the four standing four and that's why he was launched and knocked over because it was counter hit it was a magic four situation <clears throat> Uh, it's easy to remember. It could be oh, it could be activated at any time with a single button and be incorporated into aerial combos. Also, you might concern that there might be off guard moment if the heat burst attack doesn't touch the opponent. Actually, it is possible to account to cancel the attacking action and do nothing. <laughs> Holy crap! So you can actually just go boom, zoom in. I uh, changed my mind. Not even canceled into a back dash. Not even canceled into a forward dash. He just does nothing. So if you want to activate at a long distance, you can use such a cancellation to enter the heat state. So don't worry. Dude, I'm calling it max mode, dude. 100% this is max mode. Does this mean you can incorporate this into aerial combos, which you couldn't do in Tekken 7? Yes, it will produce a bounce-like hit. So you can do aerial combos similar to those in Tekken 6, for example. Yep. Tekken 6, the game with bound. Yep. So basically, it seems like, well, we don't know if they're getting rid of spiral hits. So Tekken 6, it was bound. Bound was your one-time combo extender like ground bounce or wall bounce in a lot of other fighting games. Bound was the one-time combo extender. In Tekken 7, the one-time combo extender was the spiral hits that cause the opponent to spin when they fall. If it turns out that heat activation is the only way to combo extend uh, stuff. I'm sorry, Tekken 6 was bound, right? Didn't I say Tekken 6? I did say Tekken 6. Right, Tekken Tag 2 was mostly Tag Assault. So, the idea is then, is if this is the only way to extend a combo, you could only do this once per round, and you really have to judge whether this is a good idea. Now, what makes this really important is that when you start it, because they're already in hit stun, yep, that you are not losing any heat gauge. And so, basically, the guy is lying on the ground laws lying on the ground right now and he hasn't gotten up and that heat gauge has not started draining yet <laughs> that heat gauge did not start draining yet so the opponent literally has to be in a neutral state or crouching or doing something for it to actually start growing so in other words if you stay lying on the ground you let the opponent's heat gauge continue now that's what I'm asking, Flashy Flash. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe bound is limited to the heat state. And so what that actually makes interesting is that now you only get a one-time use for extending your combos, your juggle combos, right? And so what a lot of people said was that what bound and spiral really kind of did that a lot of the top-level Tekken players kind of got frustrated with was before... In older Tekken games, 
there was really this idea of do you do corner carry combos or damage combos, right? A lot of times you would use different combo routes if you wanted to do damage or if you wanted to push them towards the wall, you could you know, choose different combos. The problem with bound and spiral attacks is that in Tekken 6 and Tekken 7, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, Tekken experts out there, but this is what I have been told, uh, bound and spiral attacks kind of made it so that the highest damage and the corner carry were the same combo. And so there was really no reason for you to try to switch between different combos except for very, very specific situations. And so what makes this really interesting now is that now you might actually have to think, do I want to use this heat gauge now? Do I want to use it for free offense later on? Do I want the corner carry? Is the corner carry the key to my comeback here? And you spend it that way. So instead of having bound and spiral just be every single time you now have to think about whether you want to use it or not and i kind of like it i kind of like that i kind of like that concept there um yeah so far i'm gonna say this right now i like a lot of what i'm hearing so far uh oh right the, the the screw wasn't as much a, as a factor on the wall i mean obviously there's a lot of details in there i'm generalizing things very very much but the the the, the idea is there the idea is there yes that's true it's something new yet it feels nostalgic i hope people will enjoy that aspect of the game i hope everyone will find their own original aerial combos yes and the second method of activating heat is heat engager of which there are about five available for each character so on the slide characters of each heat activation heat engager attack that can activate hit heat if that hit an opponent if it hits an opponent after the hit the character runs to the opponent and gains a significant advantage <clears throat> the feature of these moves is that when they hit an opponent the character moves closer to the opponent and can attack a significantly advantage situation in in a significantly advantage situation so the video shows paul hitting with the palm strike knocking law down doing a decent chunk of damage but then law rolls stands up in a stagger Paul runs in and gets a free mix-up in this situation. That is about like 18 to 20% damage on that one hit, by the way. <laughs> That's actually pretty crazy. It can be set up, and since it is coming from a move, it is easy to continue as is. It depends a bit on the opponent's reaction to being hit. Heat Engager makes it easy to see when there is a shift in the battle's momentum. Again, presentation. When this happens, commentators are going to be like, oh, oh, here we go. You know, what's the mix is what everybody says now, which is unfortunate. We got to excise what's the mix from our vocabulary commentators, please. Uh, <laughs> but again... Very obvious when stuff is happening now. And yeah, Paul runs up and then does the signature three-hit Paul move, which starts from a low. And, uh, you know, you get that mid-low mix-up. It's a free mix-up for you, which is really, really scary. 
When the heat engager hits, the attack is sure to continue, and it is the starting point for such tactics, so it is easy to understand. The important part to mention about this um, is that if the heat engager hits, you don't get a combo, you get a mix-up. So in a way where you're like, man, that's kind of cheap that you get a free mix-up off of that. You could still block that. <laughs> they definitely could have made Heat Engagers launchers, which gave you combos, which would have been significantly worse. <laughs> so as much as you want to be like that stupid to give the opponent a free mix-up, at least it's a mix-up <laughs> and not... And, and honestly... I've said this before, NRS games having that special hit stun that you can block but can't be hit, similar to guard breaks and strive, I feel like is a really important mechanic that has not proliferated through a lot of fighting games and is starting to become more and more popular. The idea of putting opponents into forced mix-ups being rewarded for landing something big, I think is really, really a neat idea. So when I first learned about NRS and how during hit stun you could block you know, because it just, you didn't cancel a chain or something. And it was, you know, you see a move is plus 17. Okay, I'll do my eight frame move. And then they block it. You're like, what? Like people are like, that's so stupid. But it's actually kind of neat because then the concept of it was that it gave you free mix-ups. It was a neat way to kind of play the game. Like Scorpion in MK9, when I first learned it, had a string that was like pow, pow, pow. The guy would stagger and you essentially got a free jump in on them, even though they could block, but they were forced into a mix-up. This state, I think, is actually, I've often said that the way that you balance a lot of characters in fighting games is that. And in fact, they did it in Street Fighter a little bit too with Ed with his V Trigger 2 where he comes down and punches you and prevents and guard breaks you giving him the plus frames not fast enough that he could actually hit you but fast enough that he has the plus frames and you can't V reversal it right so even Street Fighter 5 was starting to implement that a little bit and so it's really really interesting it's good it's gonna be really fascinating And again, like Harada just said, it's easy to understand. So if you block the heat engager, if you're the opponent that blocked it, you know you're in a mix-up, you understand, I shouldn't hit a button, right? you just like, oh, I shouldn't hit a button. And so it's kind of like the obvious plus frames there. So, as explained earlier, the bonus time for overwhelmingly offensive gains is called Heat System. During this fixed time of reinforcement, it is possible to create a starting point for tactics and offense. Please explain in detail what kind of offensive tactics and starting points are available. There are three main things that can be done during a Heat. So here the slide shows heat system, what you can do during the heat state, can take special actions, even if guarded damage can be inflicted as recoverable gauge, and character personalities and characteristics are enhanced. One is that you can perform actions that are exclusive to the heat state. Also, when all attacks are blocked by an opponent, there is a chip damage type of action that can be performed during heat. 
Then, this is then left as the recoverable gauge that I explained earlier and remains in the opponent's health. There is also a feature that enhances the character's specialty and characteristics, which I will explain in more details. Hmm. There is a marker next to the heat timer that looks like an 8, also looks like chain. Yeah, I saw that. There's two little 8 symbols. Well, actually, when you activate it, now there's one glowing one, and there's one that's still remaining dark. Interesting. Can you explain what that is? The chain-like icon next to the heat timer is called heat energy and is used for special actions during heat. <laughs> Great. All I'm going to think of is now is when these characters and heat, I'm just going to think of... <laughs> That's all I'm going to be thinking about now. Oh, man. There are two exclusive heat actions you can do. One is to perform a powerful attack such as Heat Smash! <laughs> now I just need Captain America meme, right? And Heat Smash! <laughs> this is a move that can be only performed during. Oh, God! He really throw in these like two line long sentences and give you like one second to read them. This is a move that can only be performed during this heat timer activated during the heat state, right? That's right. And one of them can be performed by consuming this eight energy, right? And when he does it, it's a it's doing Paul's three hit patented three hit thing, except. The second hit ground bounces and turns into a special camera angle. So now it looks like a super. So this is basically the new rage drive. This is basically the new rage drive. You can you activate it from the heat gauge. And what's important here is that when I see him activate it, the entire heat gauge goes away. The heat gauge is gone. <laughs> the guy character I don't know what happens in the next round. I actually have absolutely no idea what happens in the next round. Let's see if they say anything about that. And one of them could be performed by consuming this eight energy, right? And now they just put up a slide that says special actions during heat state, which says heat smash and heat dash. So we'll get that as well. They did say the heat gauge could be activated once per round, but if you activate this and lose the gauge, I don't know. We'll see. Yes, this is one of them. The other is heat dash, which allows you to cancel a heat engager and dash. Oh, interesting. Okay. So now, what you could do with the heat engager activation to get into heat mode, to, to get in heat... You can just use as a dash, but same thing deletes your heat gauge. So after you do it, you've lost. So in other words, if you feel like spending the rest of your heat gauge, especially if it's about to run out anyway, and you make them block a heat engager, you can cancel into a heat da uh, dash and get a free mix up. And now you get a free mix. Yeah, you're right. Gundam Jehudi Kai. And now we are all Akuma. <laughs> Low forward, fireball, FADC, everybody is a Kuma. <laughs> no, it, it, that's why, J-Rad, I've been calling it max mode. I was like, this is just max mode, dude. And Hexmage says, this is why I don't like this stuff, because everybody is a Kuma now. <laughs>
Oh, man. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, honestly, I feel like they need to add a new defensive mechanic. Like, I feel like they need to add a burst or or some sort of guard cancel that you can spend your heat gauge on if you really want to as well. This is another very powerful action that consumes heat energy. I see. Heat smash is a powerful technique that is easy to understand, but can you explain more about the heat dash and where it should be used? Heat engager is usually at a disadvantage if that is guarded, but if you use heat dash, you get to move ahead of your opponent, so most heat engagers are either minus or punishable on block. That is what uh, Nakatsu is actually saying here, and so by going for that and canceling into the heat dash, now you're plus. You turn a minus hit into a plus hit. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, for sure, Hex Mage. Not a fan of meter and gauges and stuff, and like I said earlier, this is the biggest departure, it feels like, from previous Tekken that has ever existed, right? I mean, heck, it took till Street Fighter V as weird as this sounds, in every Street Fighter game ever in existence, it took till Street Fighter V to have the first instance of a character-specific gauge. Ibuki was the first character to ever have a character-specific gauge in a mainstream Street Fighter game. And that sounds weird, but it's absolutely true. But now when we look at Street Fighter VI, like, everybody <laughs> has a character-specific gauge. Manon has one. Kimberly has one. Like, they're all over the place now. So, you know... It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how the transition works. And it definitely... I mean, this one's a little bit different because this is not character-specific, so this affects everybody. But at least it makes sure that no one character has a distinct advantage over the others. It means that everybody... So it's not just like, I'm Akuma. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Now everyone's like, all right, put Akuma back in the game. Put Akuma back in the game so now he knows what it feels like. That's what it seems like everybody wants now. Everybody wants Akuma back in this game so that they can heat engage, heat dash at this guy so that they can show him exactly how painful this is to deal with. Oh, man. Oh, God, my cable is tangled everywhere. My headset is tangled. Oh, God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Alright, there we go. Uh -huh. Alright, here we go. But if you use Heat Dash, you will get to move ahead of your opponent. You'll be plus on block. Heat Dash cancels a Heat Engager when it hits and can be connected to a combo. Ah, oh, okay, interesting. So I uh, mentioned that the Heat Engager activation gives you a free mix-up, but it sounds like a heat engager in the heat dash gives you a combo. So very distinct difference here. Heat engager into heat gives you a mix-up. Heat engager while in heat into a heat dash gives you a combo. If activated, so the slide says, if activated when a heat engager is hit, the opponent's reaction changes and a combo becomes possible. I see what you mean. That's quite an impressive feature. Yes, you can actually see this when you try it. This move usually ends up just knocking the opponent to the ground when it hits. Yeah, so there you go. He just showed the raw activation of it, just made law crumple, and that was it. However, by performing a heat dash, an aerial combo becomes po possible. Let's see. 
Oh, whoa, no, 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 no. He was showing something different. He just activated it. Okay, so now he's in this mode and he's doing this leaping punch from Paul. Someone tell me the input of it where he jumps up and punches down onto your head and it splats you onto the ground. And it just splats you onto the ground. But when he cancels it into the heat dash, now all of a sudden it creates a slow motion ground bounce and he runs forward and is able to combo. What's important about this means is you cannot confirm this. You have to commit to the heat dash. You have to commit to the heat dash before the move hits. Because obviously if it hits and they get flattened and then you activate, it's not going to all of a sudden bounce the guy from the ground. When you watch the video here, clearly there's no, like as soon as it touches them, it zooms in. It's a different move because you've already input the heat drive afterwards. We've seen this in Tekken before. We've seen this happen in Tekken before that moves when chained uh, will automatically behave differently than if they're done just raw. They'll have different reactions and stuff like that. This is something that we've seen before in 3D fighting games uh, by Bandai Namco. So again, this is not going to be one of those things. It's, you're not going to be able to meter burn it. <laughs> like if you just fish with a heat engager and it hits, you're like, dash, time to get some combos. No, it's actually a committal thing that you have to do at the very, very beginning. But yep, it shows that he gets a big combo afterwards, and it's a pretty beefy combo here. But important to note here is when he lands this, let's see this, splat, pow, 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 and a, a lot of that juggle damage is being converted into that white health. A lot of the, uh, the, 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 the damage on that juggle got converted to white health. So again, confirming that only that juggles convert into some white recoverable health. And he says, and so this is a very important system. Okay, I kind of got the gist of it, but the number of heat energy look different depending on the how, how the heat timer is activated. But can you explain all of that as well? Oh, there are two eights there. The heat burst, which can be easily activated at any time, gives you one heat energy. Yes, you have one now, right? But even with one, you can perform either heat smash or heat dash. You can choose either one. Yes, yes, yes. Next, as you can see, the heat engager, which requires hitting an opponent with a move, gives you two heat energy. Wow, I would have thought it would be the opposite. Oh boy, so if you do heat engager into heat mode, both of those eights light up. Two. So you could do a heat dash first to get close to your opponent and then use a heat smash from an advantageous position. Holy crap. Hang on a second. Something's very weird here. Oh, okay, he's just standing there. That's why. That's why it's drained. Okay. Boom. So, yeah. Only when the second one is activated does the heat gauge go away, basically. Wow. Oh, I see. That's very powerful. Of course, it is also possible to use heat dash twice. However, you can only use heat dash once in an aerial combo. Oh, interesting. So if you juggle, you can't actually heat dash a second time. Interesting.
I wonder why they just didn't let you. <laughs> why not? I see. So it's a matter of tactics and how you use it. If you get a chance to hit a heat engager, you can damage your opponent and gain two heat energies. So it says heat system here, addition, heat burst plus one, heat engager plus two, consumption, heat dash is minus one, heat smash is all. Oh, so heat smash kills it no matter what. Heat dash is always minus one, but on a heat burst, you've only gained one, so it's over. But on a heat engager, you get two, so the dash, so you get two potential heat dashes, but heat smash always drains it. What's important about this, though, is that if you get it on a heat engager, that means if you start doing a sequence and then land a heat engager again and then dash cancel it, you're still in heat. So that means you can actually continue to do chip damage off of a heat dash. So in other words, if I activate with a heat engager, I have two eight symbols. I make you block a heat engager. I cancel into a heat dash. All of the follow-up, even if you block my mix-up, you're taking chip damage now. You're actually taking chip damage. So this could be a way for you just to try to chip someone down to a point where, like, if they have very little life left, you can chip them down to zero health. So now that a, uh, a basically an unblockable low will kill them, right? So instead of being able to take two or three unblockable lows before they die, you use your heat engager into a heat dash and then basically get to get free chip damage off of the heat dash. So this is some interesting uh, resource management here. And yeah, this is interesting because um, you know, Hexmage just talking about this, right? Doesn't like having the gauges and stuff. And yeah, resource management is not something that has been a major concern in Tekken games in the past. This is the first time that resource management, well, actually, Rage. Rage is a resource management. I lied. Rage since Tekken 6 and Tekken 7 have been very much uh, resource management. So there's it's different kind of resource management, but this is definitely adding a new layer of resource management here. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, Heat Engager, they said most characters average around five. If you get a chance to hit a Heat Engager, you can damage your opponent and gauge two Heat Energies. You can then design fun, aggressive tactics, like how to attack an opponent afterwards. Well, if you use Heat Smash by itself, it means you can also use it like a so-called Rage Drive. Exactly! Because the Heat Smash is a really powerful attack, like the Rage Drive in Tekken 7. If you want to damage your opponent well, or want to attack them, I think you can get a great return by actively targeting the Heat Smash. On the other hand, with the Heat Dash, you can use tactics such as combining it with an aerial combo to inflict massive damage or push the opponent to the wall. Yes, I think this is where the individuality of the player comes into play, on the point of how they manage the Heat Energy. I see. Must be quite challenging just to master this system. Yes, depending on the player's style, there are those who save their energy until the end, or those who smash the heat the moment it becomes hot. It shows your personality. 
Yeah, I agree with this. Again, this is why I like the drive gauge in Street Fighter VI. Because I think the, the drive gauge in Street Fighter VI is really going to showcase what a lot of people do. Like, interesting stats are going to be how often someone goes into burnout, how often they use EXs, when they use EXs, etc., etc. I really like... I've all, So... I'm kind of on the opposite side of Hex Mage. I've always said if I made my own Street Fighter game, I would make it extremely resource heavy. And so uh, when I saw what they were doing for Street Fighter 6 with the drive gauge and how the drive gauge does everything, that's kind of in line with what I really kind of wanted to do. So I kind of like that, actually. I, I, I kind of like that, to be honest with you. These are people like my king who pretend all the time that they are going to use heat but never do so. It would be very unfortunate to lose and not make use of the heat system. <laughs> now this is the new don't die with a heat gauge. <laughs> That's usually the case with me. Well. Oh, dude, trust me, we've been stopping and uh, discussing things forever. I've been streaming for two hours, and I'm only 22 minutes through the video. <laughs> so, we've been talking a lot here. We've been talking a lot. Can you explain a little bit about the heat system, like an effect that is common to all characters and attached to it? As you can see from the health gauge, the amount of damage the opponent guards turns into recoverable energy. Yeah, so again, all the attacks he's doing are chipping away at the health over there. That is quite a lot of damage. Therefore, it is important to take advantage of this chip damage. Yeah, this is going to be huge. This is massive. But again, a lot of this is scary in a vacuum. We always have to remember that this is once per round, right? And so we have to remember that this concept of once per round is going to make, I mean, we'll probably see it a lot if it is once per round. At least it's not once per game, right? So we're definitely going to see it a lot. And not only that, since both players have it, we'll probably see a lot of heat gauge. And in fact, there are probably going to be some matches that will spend like 80% of the time in heat if the character actually lands their attacks and kills off of it like, we could potentially see matches that are like, start the round, heat engager, heat dash, and then bam, 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 you're dead, and then it happens the next round, and back and forth. And there could be some matches that may end up being largely, mostly in heat. <laughs> so, uh, we may see that a lot. I'm really curious to see how this plays out in an actual match. Just like when I first heard the drive gauge in Street Fighter 6, I was like, really? How often are people going to be in burnout? People are going to be really careful about not letting themselves... No, dude, people are burning themselves out all over the place. Like, I'm just going to EX because I can extend my combo burnout, whatever. Like, burnout was happening a lot. It was definitely in more in play than I thought it was going to be. So I'm really interested to see how this heat is going to uh, play into the match. Because honestly, right now, in a vacuum, this sounds really powerful. And like I said, I feel like 80% like of a match might just be in heat. But here's the other thing too. If you have a heat gauge and you spend it first, I feel like you kind of give your opponent an advantage, right? Although you can't use heat to counter the heat. 
so it really doesn't make much of a difference. But you know your opponent always has this extra option for the comeback. So if you use your heat gauge to get a big life lead and it doesn't kill and your opponent still has their heat gauge, you know, now it might just be the point where it's just like trying to kill with a super in Street Fighter V maybe people just save the heat gauge until they know it kills them or they need a desperate comeback kind of situation. See, these are all things that are going to play out very differently in an actual match than what we are just judging here on a piece of, like, on paper, basically, right? All of our theories and stuff like that are going to change very differently once we actually see the game in action. And again, if you activate heat and all of a sudden you get extra aggressive because you want to do chip damage and that makes you super vulnerable to losing your turn and getting counterattacked and you go one 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 two one one and the opponent just low crushes you i'm sorry high crushes you and kills you it might not be as effective and the 10 seconds may run out much faster than we think so again it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out in in the game once the game is actually played. Is it possible to be KO'd with the shaving? Ah, see, I was going to ask that question. So can you die by chip damage? It is not. So if you leave a recoverable gauge for the opponent, or rather it remains, so if the opponent attacks back aggressively, as it was mentioned earlier, his health will be restored, but if he is on the defense, he will be left to cut down. Mm. That is how it is. I don't think that translation was particularly strong. I don't know what that sentence meant. <laughs> it means losing a lot of energy and that will make... Oops. Uh, and that will make it impatient. Uh, because they call it the heat system and they gave characters an aura. It feels like it's leading towards a Yakuza guest character. Oh, is that something you can do in Yakuza? I don't know. I've never played any of the Yakuza games, so... I think there are common and character-specific effects during activation of the heat system. Yes. At the beginning, I explained the direction of the goal as the battle, but I wanted to develop the character's individuality and characteristics more during the heat. So it says here on the slide, effects during the heat state. Uh, during the heat state, certain moves are greatly enhanced according to their character's specialty and characteristics. Like, for example, if you make it so that my giant swing with King is like always does the you didn't tech it damage, that would be pretty sick. For example, about Paul, there are keywords like one-hit kill as the power-pushed characters. For example, a move that would normally have a guard advantage with a hold input may be able to guard break the opponent when in heat state. So they just showed the elbow into the palm strike for Paul. And now here's the activation. Oh, I see. Then, when a guard break disrupts the opponent's stance and an early attack is a guaranteed hit. Wow! So here we go. So basically, after it charges up, when he does the fully charged palm strike, it put Law into... It's kind of like when King does the push. 
you know, the push thing and uh, even, is it like that one? No, because that, it's actually just they're in a vulnerable state. You just put them in a guard break and they can be hit out of this. So they show Paul actually comboing a one-two afterwards. He does go into the low afterwards. Obviously not a real combo. You can block that. So that's not a real combo, but you have to deal with the mix up after the one-two. So you one-two and then Paul has the ability to follow up with it and then he get hit. I don't think that was a natural combo in the in the video displayed here but the one two was definitely guaranteed Ow. <laughs> that's right on the other hand law is a speedy character and a great rusher with a lot of moves and in Tekken 8 he has nunchucks and his nunchuck attack is very strong Oh, is he going to fight with the weapon the entire time now? Even though the nunchucks are strong. Oops, hang on a second. Even though the nunchucks themselves are strong. Yes, the nunchucks are strong, but the effect is that the nunchucks are further strengthened. When the nunchuck attack is made only during heat, the normally downed reaction of the attacker is suddenly changed to an aerial combo attack, making it much stronger. So here we go. He does the launch with the nunchuck. Dude, he's actually just maxi now. His he has a down forward, he has a down forward B launcher, dude. That's exactly what that is. It's just a down forward B launcher. Yeah, okay. So when it hit raw, it just downed the opponent, and you couldn't do anything about that. But after he activated it, it was now a move that gave him a ground bounce that allowed him to combo. Interesting. Mm, okay, so it just buffs certain moves. So there is a lot of character-specific stuff, but again, if these moves get buffed, once he is activated, players will lean towards those moves because they're stronger, just like in Soul Charge. That's exactly what this is. This is Soul Charge. Let's call let's call this what this is, okay? This is Soul Charge right here. Suddenly moves become launchers. Suddenly I get so base I get new moves that I didn't have before, etc. etc. So it's basically the same kind of concept as a soul charge. Also, King is based on pro wrestling, and since he has pushed as, and since he has pushed as a muscular muscular character, a quick forward running action has been added. But if that action is in heat, it will change power crash. Oh, it will become a power crush move. That's what they're called, not break attacks. Oh, so he could just run. So they just showed King run forward, and he got punished. He would rush forward if he had to take a jab or something. But now in heat, when he runs forward, it will be like, okay, that doesn't matter. Run towards an opponent, and you could force a mix-up with a throw and a middle attack. Wow, he just absorbed three hits of armor. He just absorbed three hits of armor. Blink, blink, blink. Ah, and then throw, blam. Yo. Each character has its own effect, and we will be releasing more information about that in the future. Do all characters have different enhancements? Yes, we are making adjustments based on the character's personality and the points that can be strengthened by the input. Look how much damage King took. Oh, that's a good point, Nawona. Let's take a look at this. 
Oh yeah, he like actually took full damage as recoverable health. No, he just, yo, he just ate that whole thing. That's not even recoverable health. He just ate it. Okay. So there you go. So in other words, actually then activating King's Heat late in a round might not be a good idea for him because then you don't have as much health to absorb with your armor. That's really interesting. So for King, it might actually pay to activate early, spend and use it early on, and then try to finish the opponent off. Hmm, see? That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Each character has its own effect. And when we're releasing more... Oh yeah, I already said that one. Yeah, but remember, Bliss, that's not a power crush. That's just a run. That doesn't attack. Like, it's just a run. <laughs> that's just a run. So it's not like it's going to hit with the shoulder. That run animation just absorbs hits. So basically, you will take a lot of damage in that situation. Like, someone's going to record a video of Brian going to the run just to see what happens to poor King when he runs through that. <laughs> Someone is going to record that. That's going to be one of the first clips that's going to go viral when Tekken 8 comes out on beta and Brian and King are available. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Yeah, Fuerte had an armor run like that. Do all characters have different enhancements? Yes. Oh, I already read this part. <laughs> So it's all about the characteristic of the characters attacking and playing style. Yes. During the heat, you can do a lot of different things and have more variation in how you attack. So it's a lot of fun. This is this is massive, dude. This is huge for for Tekken players. This is actually turning Tekken more like 2D fighters than it's ever been, I feel like. Just with this concept of meter management and having all this very like weird power-ups, V-triggers, all this stuff like that. It's really interesting. I know the people joking that Soul Calibur 6 died so Tekken 8 could run. I mean, it's kind of true because Soul Calibur 6 was one of the first ones that really added like a max mode like a V-trigger, etc., etc. It was really kind of like unique in that way. So, I wonder. Okay. That side that guards when heat is activated is at a great disadvantage, of course, because they are being shoved or pushed in. Mm. But from the perspective of the side being hit, is there a point at which they can successfully fight back? The basic advantage frames of moves have not changed, so better to guard on this situation, just let it pass, and make a move of your own. So he's basically saying that there is no guard reversal or something that you can do in this situation. <laughs> Take the mix up and try to live. <laughs> <laughs> I see, so you have to insert your hands where you can insert them properly. Yeah, so he's basically saying you have to know when your turn is, and you can't just wait 
and see what happens. No, actually, that he means that you do have to wait and see what happens. I think the translation's a little off. If you just wait and see, your chip will be cut off, so you could, you should make a move as much as possible. Oh God, this is, Power Crush has also been enhanced this time and is easier to use as an interrupter. Aha! There you go, Power Crush. So it is recommended to make Power Crush move when you read that your opponent is going to make a move. So they obviously you might not be able to get the Power Crush out after you the heat gauge is activated because you're in stagger state. But anytime there is a gap, it sounds like Power Crush might be stronger than before. I think uh, Tekken mainstays are get, just getting shell-shocked because Tekken has just been Tekken 5 for the longest of time, says Silas. Whereas Street Fighter 6 is another game in a long line of different games. Yeah, no, that's actually one of the best things about being a Street Fighter fan. I, I'll say that biasedly right now, is that we're used to the game just being... I mean, even Alpha 2 to Alpha 3, they're like not even the same game, right? Alpha 2 and Alpha 3, they're in the same series and we can't even consider them the same game. They're two completely different games, right? And so we're just used to our games changing a lot. And that's kind of good because the best thing about it is, is if you like old games, go play the old games. And especially if developers are like Arxis and then they fucking put rollback into Exerd. I mean, God, I still think that is one of the most crazy things that a fighting game developer has ever done putting rollback into the previous game when they're selling the current game. But God, if we have companies like that, man, I mean, and they said, they hinted that Arika is continuing work on Tekken 7. Maybe they might actually put rollback into Tekken 7. <laughs> Real rollback. More than three frames. More than three. <laughs> oh, man. Uh yeah, Tekken um, Street Fighter definitely has that problem where it changed a lot of characters and they learned that was a mistake in Street Fighter 3, which is why in Street Fighter 5 and in Street, well, Street Fighter 4, they just brought everyone back. In Street Fighter 6, they're trying to make sure they do the same thing because the original eight characters are all back already on launch. So uh, obviously they're, they're very cognizant of that. <laughs> That kind of tactic can be recommended. So both, so for both attacker and blocker, the moments have to have some move sets are increased. The moments to have some move sets are increased. It is important to note that Power Crush has been enhanced, but the system of Power Crush is that you also make a move while receiving an opponent's attack, so you have to be prepared to take damage. You have to be prepared to take a certain amount of damage, but it's better than just being cut down, so you still have to interrupt your opponent. You have to be prepared to take damage, but the difference, big difference between this time and Tekken 7 is that the damage you take remains as recoverable gauge, so you don't just take it. Oh, interesting. Power crushes have been buffed. If you attack again, the damage will come back as recovery. Yes, you have a chance to recovery, so the risk of interrupting with the power crush is reduced. Both sides have an advantage if they make a firm move, but this also seems to be in line with the concept. 
But of course, defensive actions such as backdash and sideways movement are also effective, so you can either attack or push back. Interesting. Uh, Arika, the developers of Fighting AX Lair are working on the netcode for Tekken 8. I'm not sure how good that game's netcode was, though. People have said that EX Lair was good, but I, sw- I swear the uh, that thing also said that they are going to be doing some work on Tekken 7 as well. Didn't that statement say something about Tekken 7? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they are. They are. Okay. <laughs> or you can guard as before and wait and see with backdash and sideways movement. I see. You could use the same techniques as before, or you can use the enhanced techniques to uh, insert yourself into the opponent's head. The defender will be at a temporary disadvantage, though. This, of course, is all after the heat gauge activation stuff, where you're staggering and stuff. Well, of course, the, of course, they will be. If you could survive one attack or defense, you can make up for it by making a move or by doing your own defensive actions as well. So you can. Rest assured of that. So basically they're saying, once you're put into that stagger state, you got to deal with the mix-up, and then if you survive, then you do... Yeah, so basically what we've been talking about this entire time, so... Eight, Tekken 8! Aggression! It seems that there is a new style of playing with the controller this time. Oh. Controller style says the uh, says the uh, slide. This time, two controller styles are available. Whoa! Arcade style. The slide says arcade style and special style. Authentic Tekken traditional playstyle with a high degree of freedom on arcade style and special style, which the slide says the easy combo and assist features of Tekken 7 have been combined and evolved. Interesting. So all those things that they added with the auto combos and, you know, all, you know the, the buttons leading to certain specific moves have all been combined and put into their own special selectable style. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, okay. One is the traditional Tekken controller, which is named Arcade Style. This is natural. Of course you can do it. The other is called Special Style, which combines the easy combo and assist functions that were available in Tekken 7. This is where you could like hold a button and it was like a shift key, and it just gave you easy access to certain moves or certain sequences and stuff like that. Easy mode, essentially. And again, this is really interesting because I, I swear this is the first time really that the Tekken franchise has been trying to do a lot of this. Obviously, they did this in Tekken 7, but from the get-go, this is so, definitely something that they are very, very much paying attention to. Each button has a recommended move for that character. Just by pressing that attack button, you can play the game like an action game. So special style, the slide says each button has a recommended move and combo for each character. New controls that feel more like action games, specialized for casual play. And it actually shows you the little display of what each button does, uh, what move they activate on the screen itself over here in the slide. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Forrest, if you're a newcomer, you'd want to use the arcade style, to be honest. And that's true, but again, as we were talking about with the Street Fighter 6 mashy buttons, like, this, 
these special style easy mode stuff aren't necessarily for people who want to learn the game, but for you when you invite your friends over and you can't convince them to play fighting games or you're playing your nephews and you just want to have a good time with your nephews at the holiday party and stuff like that. And again, even that much leading to, like I said, don't underestimate kids and stuff like that. In fact, kids would probably be more inspired to learn the actual thing than other adults are because other adults just have no time. But, you know, like just having that being an onboarding process is is an important thing. Onboarding is one of the hardest things about fighting games, to be honest with you. These kind of things out there are not for the people who want to learn fighting games and want a and want training wheels. These things are for people who don't want to learn fighting games, but we're trying to hook them. (laughs) <laughs> we're trying to hook them <laughs> right the handicap that's right we had the handicap back in the days even back in the days on on super nintendo they had ways to try to onboard people you had that function in tekken 7 where you could assign a recommended move to a single button didn't you you mean it's not just that right Yes, now this is the arcade style operation since there is nothing on the screen and you could do any kind of moves you like this way. And if you press L1, this is the special style user inner. You could change in the middle of the game? He. Whoa, wait a second! He just hit L1 in the middle of the game and then the menu showed up. And that menu just popped up. Each button has an attack sign to it, such as special moves, aerial combos, power crush, lower attack, heat burst, and so on. Dude, (laughs) there might be something like there might actually be reasons for people to turn this on intentionally (laughs) because what if for example like you're doing a juggle combo and you need to dash into one of those like back back moves and it just happens that your back back move is one of these buttons here (laughs) so if you launch someone in the air and you go boom 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 and then you hit L1 dash and then hit the button so that you can dash into the move instantaneously <laughs> and then hit L1 to undo it. <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> hmm. This is how a fighting game player's brain works, okay? I try to find a way to cheat and break everything, okay? This is what happens when you've been playing fighting games for almost 30 years. You want to break everything. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. 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 The square button is the heat engager button, which I have already explained. The heat is triggered like this. And with R1, you get heat smash. Of course, it's easy to do. It's easy to go on. And what is unique is that aerial combos are determinedly repeated by hitting triangle. 
Oh, that just gives you a free juggle combo, right? I see, I see. It connects. Yes, and this is not the only one either. If you hit square repeatedly after triangle, you'll get a different aerial combo. Okay, so it might not be like that necessarily, because it depends on if one move is assigned to it or not. But I, we'll, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I see. In Tekken 7, four of each character's signature moves are assigned to each button. And if you press them in order from the left, you will get an aerial combo. Yes. However, for this time, you can just activate it with single button. You can also choose various type of movesets. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is like that already, abstract lo logic in the modern controls for Street Fighter VI. Same thing. But in Street Fighter VI, in modern controls, special moves do 80% damage. Normals do the same amount, but special moves were actually reduced in damage. So there actually, at least it was in the last beta, so there was actually a downside to using the uh, modern controls in terms of damage and stuff like that. So. That's right. Different types of combos are available depending on the combination of buttons. If you press the triangle button, then press circle, you will get a different aerial combo. So yeah, there might be different moves that are assigned that'll actually help you if you switch between modes, depending on what moves they map there. That'll be interesting. Furthermore, the aerial combos change depending on the character's state. For example, if you are in heat state, hitting the triangle button repeatedly will automatically do an aerial combo with a heat dash. Wow! That's amazing. It's great that anybody can do this. This is a very unique feature. So on the slide, the side action changes depending on the state of the character, heat, rage, etc. Wow. You can play it using the normal heat engager or by changing the buttons to be hit in succession depending on the combination of the aerial combo buttons. I mean, honestly, Mr. Jeever, like I, I wouldn't even necessarily guarantee 2024. I would say 2025 might have a, a potential. Uh, you coming to Evo Japan? Don't know, Astro Abstract Logic, have no idea. We have had uh, zero comunicado in that area so far. No, honestly, abstract logic, honestly, abstract logic, I'm actually leaning more towards might not happen, but we'll see, we'll see. So, you don't even have to press the lever for low attacks. That's right, even for low attacks. You mean the character could perform a low attack that matches the character's characteristics? Yes, that's right. The attack set includes the basic of tactics. Such as, to break the opponent's standing guard, try, first try a lower attack with the circle button. Or if it looks like the opponent's gonna make a move, it's power crush, X button. Let's interrupt, and so on. When you try to attack an opponent, apply a heat engager with the square button. And then aim for the triangle button for this aerial combo to take more and more damage. This kind of play is possible. I, I see. Then there was a system like that one in Tekken 7 where you could easily assign moves. 
you could go back and forth between the normal controller style uh, between the two in real time in the game. Of course you can. It comes up on the toggle button here. God, that's so crazy. If you play the game with arcade style and you are still unsure of the character's moves and which one you can, should use, you can just press the toggle key. Wow, they really are just talking about it here. If you don't know how to use the heat timer, you can just use it special style and press the guide button repeatedly. The special style is like bicycle's auxiliary wheel. I just mentioned it's not like training wheels, and he just said it's just like training wheels. Damn it, Nakatsu! Damn it, Nakatsu! Damn it! Damn it! Uh, I mean, the, the auto combos are not going to be the um, highest damage for sure. There's going to be better damage juggles, so the pros are definitely going to distinguish themselves that way. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be the max uh, damage. So that the players can get used to the special style and then practice using the arcade style by themselves. Sorry, auxiliary wheel. Yes, you're correct. This is a feature of the special style. Well, I think it can be used by intermediate and advanced players as well. Okay, he's talking about it. Yes. But when you want to play a new character, when you want to be sure of what you want to do, oh, you can toggle. Oops, sorry. Uh, you can toggle and play only that part of the game. Yes. I think it's a system that can be used widely from beginners to intermediate slash advanced players because it can be used with pinpoint accuracy. The aerial combos switch depending on the state of the character. So if the character is in heat and rage state, you can perform very technical combos. I mean... Don't like it. Don't like it. Okay, this is the first thing I don't like. It's the first thing I really, really don't like. Mostly because if you know a simple combo is going to kill, and you get a launch, you can hit the button and then just mash a button and it'll do the combo for you, including the heat drive, the heat activate, the heat dash, all that stuff. And it's almost guaranteed to connect. Which means that endgame, you might see a lot of people just mashing on it because then it's a guaranteed to not drop. And so we might, and again, I like execution because you can miss even the easiest things we've seen people miss because when you are in a pressure situation, that's part of competition. If it's launch and I know it's gonna kill, hit L1, triangle, 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 I'm in heat, drive, triangle, 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 blah, I'm in rage as well, goes into the super, automatically gets me the kill. That kinda takes away from the drama a little bit. Oh, I was definitely at the last Evo Japan. I was definitely at the last Evo Japan. So, but, uh, this is going to be interesting. 
I mean, Harada in here is literally saying, you know, advanced players could take advantage of it too. And they're like, yes. So interesting. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It might get to a point where there is a rule on uh, on uh, tournaments that you can't use it. Because if it is the shift button, I'm sure they're going to let you be able to assign which button the shift is. And maybe in tournaments, what you, when you do your button check, you just turn it off. And anytime anybody activates it, they, get de- they have to forfeit the round or something. That might happen. So again, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Whoa, what? If it OS is on slow mo, is that something that you can do in Tekken 7 with it? <laughs> yeah, see, he's just mashing triangle here. I, look at this. Look at the damage that he's doing on this. Look at this. This is. Paul Punch! So he just did about 40% damage with that. So if you have your opponent down to like 30 something percentage, and you're have he act he didn't even have he activated at the start of that combo, did he? Oh, he did it off of a heat engager. Yeah, so if you see it hits and you activate in wait a second, why did that give him a combo? Is that a true combo or is that actually just a mix? That was a mix. So if this launch if the hop kick hits, you can just hit L1 and then just start going triangle, 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 and do 40% damage. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, tournament modes might make it so that you can turn it off or something and, and people will by default turn it off. Uh, of course, this can be used an example, for example, versus mode or the story mode, which I already mentioned is available, or, or in other modes, such as online matches, online ranked matches, player matches, etc., which everyone is interested in. Can this be used in multiple modes? Okay, well, he's asking. Of course it can be used. Basically, this function was created to control the character in a very stylish way. So it's very useful in story mode where you can control various characters. Well, yeah, I mean, Paul should be doing more damage, but my point is if you know it's going to kill. We also made it you can enjoy, enjoy using it even if you are playing with other players. So there are no restrictions on its use, whether in versus mode or in online battles. There you go. There you go. He just said it right there. And it says special star doesn't require to memorize or practice commands in advance, allowing players to easily play each character, switching between special and arcade style play gameplay in each mode while keeping its thrill and exciting experience. This is probably the first, like, hmm, of this whole entire presentation, so. I see, I see. That's, that's great. You can enjoy quite a variety of characters, and it looks like people of all skill levels will be able to play in a wide range of different modes. Yes, I, I think it'll be easier to play with other players, so you will be able to play online or in the ah, in the online or in the offline tournaments that will be held in the future. Wow, he's even just saying use it in tournaments and use it in tournaments. <laughs> yeah. 
So you will be able to play, be able to play online or in the offline tournaments that will be held in the future, and you will be able to join in special styles. So there is a possibility that you can get to a certain point in competitions and such. Yes, I think you will be able to feel that this is this way is stronger until you get better at it. So you can play that way for a while, and then you will be able to play in the competitions. And again, good players will figure out how to use these things. Beginner tools can always find ways to be used by good players in tricky ways. Well, of course, from a certain point. Ah, got so fast. Well, of course, from a certain point, you have to be able to operate it properly. You're going to hit a wall, but up to that point, sure, it's a pretty good system if you look at it as a boost. How would you contrast this with modern controls? Because modern controls don't do auto combos for you. That's why this one is different because this actually gives you the auto juggle combo. So, like I said, if I launch with somebody, and then I see that basic, like if I know that they are about to die, like let's say I'm king, let's say they're at thirty percent life, and I have a rage activated. So I know if I hit him with the knee, they're gonna die. I'm gonna hit hop kick L1. Automatically, and if it's blocked, I'll hit L1 again to unshift it, and I'll probably get punished. If not, I return back to normal controls. If they do get hit by the knee, I won't hit L1 and just mash triangle. So it'll be hop kick, tr hop kick L1, hit triangle, 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 triangle till I win. Guaranteed, will not drop the combo. Or if I hop kick knee and it gets blocked, I hit L1 again, and then I basically just. Play as normal. That's the area where I'm concerned about. That is the scenario that I am concerned most about right now. That's what I'm worried about. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Make fighting Harada is caving to more accessible. We have to though. But like I said, when you design it, you have to be careful. Easy mode and Alpha One is the biggest story of that. They created Easy Mode and Alpha One. They're like, hey, we'll create this Easy Mode and Alpha One. It won't be broken. <laughs> it was so broken. People found ways to make it broken, but it was also because they just didn't carefully design it. They didn't understand what they were producing and they thought you would be weaker because you didn't have access to level three supers and you took massive chip damage and etc etc but for ken specifically it was broken didn't really help anybody else but again that's that's the weakness of of creating something like this when you create an easy mode when you create a booster wheels training wheels auxiliary wheels you have to make sure you have someone there who knows how to take advantage of it. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Maybe hop kicks will be really bad as a trade-off. Could be. But doesn't mean when I do a hop kick, I'm not going to press L1 automatically every single time when they're about to die. Right? It becomes your kill combo. So basically, as soon as you know you're going to kill them, every time you hop kick, you're going to hit it. Even if it's bad, you're still going to do it. And if the hop kick hits, then you mass triangle and win. You're not going to drop any combos anymore. There's no more tension at that point in time, which is really unfortunate because uh, 
that tension of dropping even easy stuff is important because that's where Wong factors come from. You're basically taking away the Wong factor and that that might not be might not be as good. We designed it with that in mind. All right, so here we go. Conclusion. We have explained to you the various details of the game, but the development of the game is still going on and it may take some time. Yes. I want the newest Tekken to be the most enjoyable Tekken ever. This Nakatsu guy is really, I mean, he's, a, he's obviously a very, very big influence in here. Uh, he's he's a very very big influence on this. You can tell. The development team members are really working hard every day, putting in all kinds of things and making adjustments. And we are really aggressively developing aggressively developing the game. So we will do our best so that you can play it as soon as possible. It would be appreciated if we could get your continuous support. We would like to provide an opportunity for everyone to play the game as soon as possible, so please look forward to it. I hope you will look forward to it, and since the development of Tekken 7 is still in progress, please enjoy the Tekken 7 scene as well. That's right, they did announce that there was going to be some sort of like closed beta or something like that, right? We don't know anything about the Korean backdash. We have no idea. We have no idea. The fun of fighting games isn't about winning, it's about your growth as a player. That's why the easy modes have not worked thus far. Yeah. That's why I said that they shouldn't be training wheels. They should be onboarding tools. Easy modes should be onboarding tools, not training wheels. Like, it should get you hooked to the fighting games and then go, I actually feel like I might want to learn this. And then you stop using easy modes from the get-go. That's how it should work, to be honest with you. So, I would like to close this video for today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much! Tekken 8! Uh, Pat the Flip style logic? What does Pat the Flip say said about that, Lurker Spine? What is that? Sometimes it's fun just to blast out combos and mess around. Yeah, I mean, that's just the thing. Is it, I mean, if you just want to have fun, absolutely keep going with the easy mode. Play with the easy mode if you're trying to have fun. But, you know, like, it should be a way to get you hooked in more than, than anything. Now, what's interesting about Street Fighter VI is that the modern uh, controls are meant to be legit. They're meant to be a legit play style. So, oh, the fun is in the growth. Oh, right, right, right. That is why Pat was so mad about GGST. Right, right. Um, I see what you're saying. That that aspect of it. Yeah, let's just take a look at this Nina trail trailer really quick. Uh, I forgot to update this, but at this point, I didn't, I didn't expect this to go. I was like, it's only a 35-minute video. God, can I feel like an hour and a half maybe? Because I talk a lot. Dude, it's been two hours and 40 minutes. Holy crap. All right, let's watch Nina here. Let's watch Nina. Oops. Uh, let's lower the volume here. 
But I hope you guys didn't mind that I did read everything out because I was just trying to make it palatable for the Spotify uh, users out there. So hopefully that's okay for you guys. You didn't find it annoying that I read everything out like that. Oh, cool. It was awesome, says Forrest. Thank you. Oh, helicopter stage, of course. Is she going to shoot it out of the sky? Your luck has run out. God, why did that surprise me that she spoke English? I was totally expecting that to go in Japanese, but this is probably the English trailer. Get ready for the next battle. I will say this right now, I'm not a fan of the new hair. Only because the new hair looks like a wig. It looks like she's the, uh, it looks like she's the, uh, like all those femme fatale assassin movies that star like Scarlett Johansson and, uh, and, 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 uh, all, like all those other, uh, shoot, why can't I remember her name now? Charlize Theron and stuff like that. It, it definitely looks like uh, a wig. New Going somewhere. Nina Williams. Okay, announcer guy is hilarious. Oh wait, was did she use guns in that? Hang on a second, she is shooting the hell out of you here. I'm guessing a heat engager. Oh, okay, that wasn't a gun. That was just hit you there. But those that was probably a heat engager. But this one is definitely guns. Guns. Isn't it past your bedtime? Wait, so why would that throw create this effect? Is this a trailer only effect or is this actually going to be an effect in game? Is this actually just going to be an effect in game? Interesting. Isn't it past your bedtime? Oh, there we go. The heat. Oh my God. She just shot the hell out of him. That's really interesting. They added the guns to her moveset. Whoa, is there going to be slow-mo in the middle of the game? Is there going to be slow-mo in the middle of the game with certain attacks? Because that's what it looked like. See? You're not getting away. in silence. Goodbye. That was disappointing. <laughs> she's she's so much more Ada Wong than she's ever been, dude. She's so Ada Wong now. Or has Ada Wong always been very Nina Williams? That's the question, Shogundo. So I, I, the, my question is for those who are familiar with Nina's movesets, 
out there. How much does it feel like the guns are just a replacement for moves that already exist? Or does it just look like the guns only happen in certain canned animations or something like that? Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, Uma Thurman, Google Kill Bill, Uma Thurman. Not as much Uma Thurman, because Uma Thurman wasn't the... Uh, like the, the 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 spy assassin, she was more of a revenge kind of thing. So, on a similar note, Diafo made a YouTube video where he goes up against a macro cheater in Strive. The cheater made a macro combo script that sounds similar to the Tekken Eight special controls. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So some people are saying it seems kind of canned. Uh, um, so okay, okay. Um, Wait, what's going on with Lenhart? What's what is this? What is going on here? Oh, whatever. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Anyways, uh I forgot what the Charlize Theron was. Honestly, the movie was. So <laughs> uh what what do you think of the possibility switching to special mode mid-match to ensure the easy combo to win matches? I just talked about that. I said exactly that. I said exactly that. So uh, I'm worried about that, uh, to be honest with you. That was the first thing I thought of as soon as I saw that. I was like, eh, I'm not sure I'm like that much of a fan. Oh, she's actually the new announcer. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, I mean, I do like the fact that this game seems like they're trying something very, very, very different uh, with it. I mean, again, it's probably not going to be as different. Like, it's not going to change the face of Tekken forever, you know? It's probably not going to be like that. Yeah, that's the thing I'm wondering about Hexmage. So, I remember in Virtual Fighter 3, when they first gave Sarah Bryant this move where she literally just jumps over your head, like, defying human, you know, ability... And um, that that was jarring to me because Virtua Fighter 2 was very much about being human. You know, everything was human. And so when I saw that, I was kind of weird. So the fact that Tekken is now going to like, hey, now we have guns and we're shooting people, but they live. It's fine. And, you know, nunchucks and things like that. They're definitely doing... They definitely have a mindset that they're trying to change a lot. It's very reminiscent to me of what... Strive is what Daisuke tried to do with Strive. And I maybe this is a result of Daisuke and Harada talking, right? Because they all talk now. But Harada, uh, Daisuke obviously tried to go a very different route with Strive. And so I feel like that there is a lot of potential that maybe this is kind of... Uh, influenced by other companies and stuff like that so yeah it's true yoshi's been stabbing people for years that's true raven raven doesn't raven have a sword too or whatever so you know it's whatever <laughs> including himself exactly but i mean honestly i like a lot of what i saw i like a lot of what i saw i think that this is a uh, really interesting there's a lot to really process about this and a lot to really take from this so i'm really really curious to see how this is going to play out. And, you know, they did announce a uh, closed beta at some point in time, I believe. Let's see. Twitter.com slash Tekken. 
let's see if I have any information here. Obviously, they're talking about Atif Butt. Congratulations to him for winning. I think that's super awesome. They did the same thing at TWT, right, where the players got to pick their pools. The players got to pick the pools again like they've done in the past, right? That's how Pool A ended up being so brutal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's see. Oh, it was a lottery. They didn't let the players pick this time. It was just random. They drew cards. Oh, boy. Okay, okay, okay. So it was different this time. <sighs> Well, I don't see any new information about that. I also don't see the Eureka information as well. Um, okay. <laughs> We've been fighting robots, bears, aliens, ancient deities, kangaroos, old dudes that can't stand, gone. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. <laughs> demons shooting lasers out of their head or whatever like that yeah so there you go <laughs> it's true nina with guns whatever <laughs> oh man but in any case like i said i think that this seems really really exciting I i'm actually kind of hyped for this uh, I think there's a lot of potential for this. Uh, and I, I like the, the direction that they're taking. Yeah, it's very different. Of course, I'm biased because I haven't been playing Tekken this entire time and I'm a Street Fighter player and I'm used to games changing. But I felt the same way about Strive as well. And, you know, I know there are excerpt people out there who hate Strive, who just can't see anything good about the game. But I love Strive. I think I love what Strive did. I love that it decided to do something different, even more so now because they put rollback in Exerd. So Daisuke's like, he's living up to his words. Like, if you like the old Guilty Gear, the old Guilty Gear is there. <laughs> Go play it. And they're living up to that by putting rollback into Exerd. And I think that's fantastic. So honestly, I think that I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited for a different look at Tekken. I'm kind of excited for that. And, you know, like, I mean, even some people were telling me in the chat that even some Tekken hardcores are like, hey, it's actually kind of neat that we finally get to move away from Tekken 5, you know? So, uh, like, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. I'm, I'm, I like this. I like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. I like their efforts to try to onboard new players into it as well because Tekken has been notoriously very difficult for people to get into. So I think that this is a good, a good outlook for Harada. If they can manage to make sure that they onboard players well without lowering the skill ceiling, that's the important part for me, which is why I'm worried about the free juggles into death kind of thing like that and if we can unassign the shift button from the controller hopefully that's a thing that we can do and then in tournaments people will make sure they unassign it and if you're you forget to unassign it and you accidentally turn it on that's an automatic forfeit you know we'll see what happens we can obviously tweak the rules as we see fit i mean we just talked about smash brothers before so <clears throat> Uh, what do you mean by Soul Calibur 6? 
uh, oh, I hope they don't ruin it like uh, Soul Calibur 6. No, I think, yeah, what what do you mean by ruining it with Soul Calibur 6? <clears throat> the aesthetic is going more in line with the shitty live action movies. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So, <laughs> hey, look, I've never played any of the other Soul Calibers, but all the Soul Calibur people say that 6 is like the second best one since two, so you know, I you know me, I really enjoyed Soul Calibur six, so, but I mean it'll be interesting. I, we don't need a Mortal Kombat guest character. We don't need a Mortal Kombat guest character. I would love to see it if fighting games actually started putting in interesting guest characters. That's why for Samurai Showdown, instead of Biken, I wanted Cliff. I wanted Cliff to be in the game with a giant ass sword because I think he would have been super fascinating. Like instead of like putting in like uh, like uh, main characters, like put in like weirder obscure characters. I think that'd be cool. Oh man! But in any case, uh, as I normally do, uh, yeah. Just to close this out, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of excited about. That. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at how much I feel like this heat system might really dominate the game style of this game. It's once per round, so both players are going to be able to use it. So we might see a lot of uh, heat system in the game. Uh, hello, Garvey's Ghost. Thank you for joining, first time chatter. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I'm biased because as a Street Fighter player, I enjoy... Having games very different because we can always play the old games. I don't need a new Super Turbo because I have Super Turbo, you know, kind of situation, you know. And so I feel like, I feel like this is a good thing for Tekken, honestly. But like I said, I'm biased and I, you know, just take my opinion from the standpoint that I am not a long-term Tekken player, that I am not the Tekken core audience, right? So... Uh, it's very easy to just be like, whatever, James, your opinion sucks. You know, I mean, you're not wrong because I'm not a Tekken guy, but I'm not a hardcore Tekken person. My opinion might be very different if I was, but, uh, from my standpoint, I think it's really cool. And, you know, if it's different enough and you don't like it, then maybe you just go back to Tekken 7. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So uh, I think that's kind of neat. Anyways, uh, I do like diving into new mechanics. That is for sure true. So, uh, but in any case, case uh, I mean, you know, go back to a game nobody plays. Maybe, maybe. But the thing is, that's not the case right now, right? A lot of people are playing older games. Older games have better life now than they've ever had. Fightcade is there. Uh, Sailor Moon S didn't even have a scene before and has a scene now. Exert is still being played a lot, you know. XX is still being played a lot. Look at Frosty Faustings, right? They had more entrance for Exert this year than like they've ever had. <laughs> like I think this was the record for Exert for them. So you know that's the thing is like we are in an era where. Uh, Going back to play the old game is is such a possibility and such a real thing. Uh, and, you know, this is the advantage of PC Master Race, right? 
we don't ha- always have to depend on the play on the on the companies to port games to the newer consoles. You know, as long as the Windows infrastructure doesn't change drastically, we should hopefully be able to keep playing a lot of the old games and stuff like that. So, oh no, a lot of people like Exert more than Strive. A lot of people like Exert more than Strive. Uh, I like both, to be honest with you. Uh, I just haven't played as much Exert uh, because it just had terrible netcode at the time. And uh, so, I mean, now I have no excuse and I kind of want to get back into it, but I really like both games. I mean, I once said Exert might be one of my favorite fighting games of all time, and I still really love Strive. I don't think one game has to affect your opinion of the other. There is the thesis right there, okay? If you want to take anything away from me ever ever in your life, repeat that, okay? Your opinion on one game doesn't have to affect your opinion on another game, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Enjoy the fighting games for what they are, for what they want to be, and learn to appreciate every fighting game for their individuality. I think Strive is sick. I really love Strive, okay? And I really love Exert as, as well, so... There you go. Play whatever you want. And so if Tekken 8 comes out and is not your thing and you're like, this heat system sucks, keep playing some Tekken 7. Keep the scene alive. You don't have to let it go. This happened when MVC3 first came out. When MVC3 first came out, all the MVC2 players were like, well, MVC2 had a good run, but time to move on. And I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Super Turbo players are still playing Super Turbo. Third Strike players are still playing Third Strike. You could keep playing MVC2. And by back then, it was still kind of a newer concept. And so people were like, ah, oh, but we're going to all move on to MVC3. MVC3 was a very different game. Turned out to be a great game. Also, very different from MVC2. And now we have uh, ability to have both scenes live, thanks to Fightcade and stuff like that. So... BBCF players still holding strong, blah, blah. Yeah, you don't have to dunk on another game to make yours look good. Absolutely, Pocket Bacon hit it on the head right there. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people kind of had similar reactions to making games more acceptable I uh, either way. So, in any case... You all know how I feel about it. Play the games that you love. Uh, support all the fighting games out there. And it's just a good time. But I'm I'm excited for more Tekken 8 news. This is really fascinating to me. And I, I'm, I'm going to be really interested in keeping an eye on all of the developments for this game and stuff like that. So, Because I really, really am interested in this whole entire thing. This is Nathan the Cat. For those of you on Spotify, you recognize that sound as soon as the microphone keeps getting hit. You know that's the cat. So, hey, Nathan, say hi to everybody. Hi, Nathan. Hi, everybody, says Nathan. Yeah. Mm, good kitty. What a good cat. Look at you. Look at you. Mwah. In any case, thank you guys for watching. I think that'll call it for the day. It's been three hours since I started streaming, so way longer than I expected. Got to get this thing uploaded, edited, etc., etc. So thank you guys for watching and uh, taking a look at this. And uh, 
And also, hope you are enjoying this on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Stay safe out there, everybody. And uh, yeah, like I said, just keep enjoying fighting games. And also keep supporting It Was Tuesday, the podcast over here that, you know, when this podcast first graced your ears, it was the most important day of your life. But for me... It was Tuesday. <laughs>